Shut up and sit down. What is going on, dads? And welcome to episode 63 of the Dads After Dark show, recorded on Monday, September 20th, 2021. We are hosts, as always, Drew and John, and thank you for joining us tonight for some Nintendo and football. Yeah, yeah, football, football. John, football's back. You know, I love podcasting. You know, you got the football game on in the background. You're chatting with the guys. It's just, you know, manly. Man, that's how I feel. I I, I agree. It's, it reminds me of fall. I love fall. Yeah. Fall is here. Mm. It's beautiful, and I love it. Yeah, fall. Speaking of fall, I did I did the most fall thing you can do in New England this weekend, and I double dipped. I went both apple picking and pumpkin picking this weekend. Oh my god, you're crazy! Pumpkin picking already? It was a lot. It was a lot. Well, here's the thing, John. With hockey season coming up, I'm I'm a busy man. I have to take advantage of it. Um, the pumpkin place is fantastic that we go to. It's, right, it's actually not too far for us. They do potato picking. What? Which is pretty cool. Yeah, the tractor goes and it kind of digs up and then you can go pick your own potatoes. And they're delicious. I want to say, how is that fun? But I'm trying to think of what's the difference between pumpkin picking and potato picking. I'll tell you what, uh, potato picking's easier to, you know, to carry around like a you know 20 pound pumpkin. The pumpkin we got was 24 pounds. Huh. And it's... But you know what you... it is? No, 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 no. You know what it is? Is that... The pumpkins are like going to be decorative and you have to you have to carve them. And so you're looking for this perfect pumpkin Mm. potatoes. Nobody gives a shit about like you just get the ugliest potato. It doesn't matter. You're going to boil it and mash it. The kids. Yeah, exactly. The kids pick them. It's even better. You don't have to do anything. Put them in the basket. Let's go. But uh, yeah, yeah. The pumpkin picking was good, too. They give you a wheelbarrow, which is great. You get your own wheelbarrow. You don't have to worry about it. Um, they had a corn maze. We did the corn maze. It was this, it's fall. Fall is here. Like you said, I love it. I love fall. I love fall. I, I actually used to love September when September comes around my favorite day, but now I feel like October 1st, even though Halloween is not my favorite holiday, oh, but like is. ever since I've had kids, it's become more fun. Um, yeah. I was, I was always a turn all the lights off in the house and watch some movies kind mm-hmm. of Halloween guy. But oh, now, yeah. like, you know, we take the kids out. We didn't do trick-or-treating last year. I think we're going to do it this year. Sweet. Um, and it's just, yeah, like, it's fun. But the, the weather in September doesn't get cool enough. We had a nice day today, but it still feels summery. What's your temperature outside? Uh, today was, like, 65 and cool. That's, I took that's a light... perfect. What are you talking no, about? But it hasn't been. It's been 80s, mid-80s, yeah, that's 90. Not, that's not yeah. fall. Yeah. So... Um, I'm super excited. I, and I feel like now I got to wait like another week and a half or so. And I told you my son is going away for a couple weeks in the beginning of October. A couple weeks? Two weeks going to Washington. So I got to ask, your kids seem to be doing a lot of like the sleepover, sleepover night type school things. Is that, oh, is that like a, be, yeah. yeah, but that they're school sponsored events, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's their school likes to do those sort of camping thing. I was going to say, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't do that around here. <laughs> I, it's different. I mean, it, it is, it is, they, they do it a lot and it's, it's like, it's not just like an accidental thing. It's like they, they have names. They're very purposeful trips. Um, end of the third okay. grade, beginning of the fourth grade. So this is a class he's doing. 
Mm. And um, yeah, so they're going out and doing this hardcore camping and um, yeah, two. I don't know how I don't know who's going to handle it worse, like us or, or him. Mm. I don't know. Well, your wife chaperoned on, on your daughters, right? Or something? Yes. Mm. Yeah, she's gone a couple nights, but this is just Cedric going away for two weeks. It's going to be weird. I feel like by the end of the two weeks, we're going to be used to having just two kids. And then mm. when he comes back, it's going to be like, ew, we got this like gross high schooler in our house and it's going to feel weird. That I hope weird. it doesn't. I hope it doesn't feel weird. What's uh, what what, what's been going on with you? You were you went away. I did. I went to Chicago, Chicago. Ah. I got some I got some, uh, you know, some deep dish pizza. It took them. It took. They tell you when you order your pizza, it says, "Hey, just so you know, it's going to take about forty-five to sixty minutes for your pizza, because it's so it's 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 like two inches, three inches thick that it takes a long time to cook." Um, yeah, it was those. It was you know, I went there for work. We had a we had a we had a blast. It was um, went out to a couple bars at night, a couple beers or two. Uh, I had a really nice dinner. I took some of my employees out for a nice dinner. Um. Yeah, we had a, it, it was, it was a great trip. It was short. You know, I left Monday morning. I came back Wednesday afternoon. So it was like almost, you know, like a 50 hour trip, but, uh, it felt longer. Cause you kept texting did. me every night that you would drink in and you couldn't find your way back to the hotel. And I was like, That's Oh no, good. another drunken bender from, uh, mm-hmm. Andrew over here. But, uh, no, well, I learned that, um, Mexican independence day is a big thing in Chicago. And, uh, it was the week we were there and it was a shit show. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it, fun. It was a fun time. Nice. What about, nice, what, what nice about to see you get away. Yeah. yeah um, I had a weird experience. I went back to my office uh, for the first time in a year and a half. And do you ever have one of those experiences where you're? I had this. I had this happen with one other workplace, but it feels like um, something that was a memory of years and years and years ago. And suddenly it's, it's like I'm back. So I, they opened the office the day after labor day. And I went in the Wednesday, the next day. And there was no reason for me to go in the office. Most of my team is not even in Denver. Um, it, the whole team was in Denver when we were last in the office, but nobody's even asking us to go back there. I didn't want to, but I just for one day, I wanted to go back in the office for a few hours and I did. Hmm. Did you get so lost? Weird. No, I, oh, well, a little bit. <laughs> I, I took the light rail in and I was more worried about the light rail and how many people would be on the light rail. And to me, that's, that is the ultimate in like viral transfer. Oh yeah. But the, the train was mostly empty. Did uh, you bring the switch? I, yeah, I, I bring my, I always bring my switch. In fact, that's one of the only motivations to make the commute. Mm. Um, is that half the time I'm just sitting there playing my switch anyway? Because um, it's about a 45 minute commute between driving, walking, and the train. Oof. But I'm spending 20 minutes, 20, 22 minutes playing my switch. Um, but yeah, I get to the office. It was so nice to see the office again. It's in a really nice little area of Denver. And I get to the elevator and I forgot what floor we were on. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, so I kind of smear my finger across a couple buttons. Uh, and, um, yeah, I was wrong. I thought it was the third floor. It was the fourth floor. There's only three other people that were in the whole office and it was very hot because the air conditioner was kind of broken. I, one of the two reasons I went there besides just memories was, uh, I had a Python book I wanted to pick up 
And there was a package huh. that I thought had been sent to me with chocolate covered pretzels from my boss. Oh, here's the that's the real answer. The there, it all comes out. It he does. wanted his pretzels. <laughs> so he had sent the whole team their favorite snack because we have this spreadsheet with our favorite snack and our favorite this and that and then our address. Well, I had, I'm into I, that. I'm intrigued by that. Well, that's fine. But it's like, I didn't want to put my address on like my, my address in front of everyone to see because everyone in your team can see it. But how does and, that conversation come up? Like, because I'm a boss, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do I go to my guys and say, hey, guys, I'll put this spreadsheet together. I want to know your favorite snack. You got to be a special. He did it like right away when he took over. So, it just, it just yeah. Seems odd. I know we all kind of did it, but I put in the the work I put in our, our our office address. Well, he sent everyone snacks and I was like, oh, that got sent to my office. I think it was like nine months ago. Oh, so uh, I was pretty curious to see what nine month old chocolate covered pretzels in a box would look like. But there was no package there. I don't know what happened. And my other oh, coworker yeah. who also put their uh, their office address in. Um, he didn't, there was no box on his desk either. So I don't know if that got pulled back or what. Um, and then my Python book wasn't there. I guess I have it here. So that was weird. So the whole trip was for nothing. No, it was cool. I did a couple meetings and people saw I was in the office and that's they were the, like, whoa, the I got my, my four color pen here. I'll show you my four color pen, which oh, had been in the school. office. I've got my Bob Ross stuffy. Why? I got him at Denver comic con. Because I mean, it, well, so we so we have um we had an Apple TV in the office and we would put Bob Ross episodes on during the day and just leave it running. No audio. Leave it running. We would do those videos where you like travel on a train for like an hour and a half. We would just put them on. Fucking weird. I know. And so I brought my Bob Ross in to sort of celebrate. But it's sad, like four of the people that I work with aren't there anymore. Um, nobody who still remembers the Bob Ross references is there anymore. Um, so I grabbed him. I grabbed a bunch of stuff, like little stuff from my desk and brought it with me home. I don't plan on going back in. Um, ever? Hopefully ever. But if I go back in, it'll be because a couple other developers are going to go there and maybe we'll get some lunch together. But that would be the only reason. Wow. Um, like I said, most of the office is in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, don't tell him you need a business trip. I know. And I go go hang out at your place. Yeah. Um, yeah that's so. True. Nobody's even telling us we need to go to the Denver office at all. So, yeah, I'll avoid the I'll avoid it. I don't want to do it. But that's yeah. it. That's and that was fun. I, I actually did enjoy. And then I left. Oh, I got lunch at my favorite little sandwich place nearby. And then uh, I'm glad they survived. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I went home and it was just nice. It was it was really nice. That and like I spent two hours of my workday commuting um, and didn't make up for the work. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice to go back in there. It really felt like a job that you, I was at 10 years ago that I left. And then I had a dream that I was working there again, you know, and mm. except it was real and I was actually there. It was uh very strange. So yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's about it for me. I mean, we could go on and on about life, but I don't think that everybody wants to hear all the stories. We have lots of topics to get to and games that we played. And we were on the Nintendo dads this week. We were on the Nintendo. What a fun time. I mean, I stayed up to 1.30 in the morning. What the fuck? I was was useless the next day. (laughs) Useless. What's different, man? That's fair. That's Um, fair. No, that was fun. So, uh, But we put in our three hours already. So um, what do you say? Let's just... uh, Find out what we've been playing. Hmm.
almost didn't push that button. Ooh. I forgot we do a real live show now, Drew. Live. Well, I mean, it's live for me and you. That's the best part. It's always been live, but like I never had to do that. We would just edit it later. Yeah, hey, guys. Works. Anywho, what have you been playing? What do you say you and I just start off with the obvious here? Yeah. We've both been playing a game called WarioWare. Get it together. And it is our mayhem game of the month. We'll give some details at the end here. Uh, but what have you been thinking about the game there, Drew? So WarioWare, uh, we played the wife and I have, I've never really played this game solo. Uh, it's been a wife and I game and uh, we played the entire story mode co-op. It was a fun story mode. I mean, it's WarioWare. You kind of knew what to expect, but the story mode was fun. Uh, the map was kind of unique and cool. The story was fine. It was okay. The, I mean, the games are great. A lot of fun. I, I love and I hate the the characters, right? Uh, it, it's definitely a new element where every character has a new ability. I love it and I hate it, right? It adds a big element of of you know replayability and um you know changes things up at the same time there's some characters that we all just hate and we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> uh but now post game you know we have mayhem right we have a couple high scores we're trying to get both solo and co-op but mm -hmm. i guess i'm still little i don't know if confused is the right word but disappointed in the post gameplay and i know a lot of it says well all this shit opens up uh they have the wario cup right i know you're a big fan of the wario cup mm-hmm but prezies, can we talk about the prezies for a second? Because what the fuck is the prezi? I don't really get it. And it's just, I feel like it takes up a lot of my time and it does nothing for me except turns my people into zombies. Yeah, my my uh, Cedric really likes it. I've been playing uh, the co-op stuff with Cedric and he likes going to the prezies and buying them and, you know, right, you know, leveling up the characters. Mm. It's not my favorite. It's fun to find a prezi that matches up with the character. Um, but yeah, what they'll do is they'll upgrade your multiplier among some other things. So when you do the Wario Cup, your score in Wario Cup is based on your multiplier and other things. So you can actually improve oh. your top Wario Cup score. If you did the same performance twice, but you had a more leveled up character for one of them, you would actually have a higher score. But is that interesting? No. Uh, is, is it make for a completion goal? Maybe you can change the character's colors by unlocking the palettes and stuff. Mm -hmm. The only problem I have is every character has, you have to unlock the same colors. Yeah. And it kind of is like, okay, like it would be cool if you could just, if you got a certain amount of points or whatever, you would unlock the palette for everybody. Um, mm. Yeah. Some of the presents are kind of fun. You're like, oh, I totally know who would like this garlic, you know, but yeah, some of them are randomish or you just gotta, you just gotta agree. try them with everybody. So. And are the coins, the Wario coins that you collect, are they yes. only used for the Prezies? I didn't, there's I nothing so. else. Well, right? and, and continues, like if you're, if you fail in a story mode. Oh, I did. oh, yes. Right. Yeah, 100, 100 coins. Yes, correct. Yes. Which makes the story mode really easy, but that's fine. I mean, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it would be fun if you couldn't do any continues and it made it more challenging. You know what? I, I take that back. I think it would be more fun if every element of that story mode what did have that extra challenge because you really had no pressure because you had thousands and thousands of points. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do continues. We would start over. Oh, really? Oh, you didn't? Yeah, so didn't, I never used the continue. So you just didn't want to use it. I didn't know at the time what the points were for, if they were going to be hard to get. 
Do you know what I'm saying? But when you died, it would say, do you want to continue? And you just said. Yeah, but it said, do you want to spend 100 coins? And I'm like, well, I don't know what the coins are for. I don't have that many yet. You know? I mean, it's literally telling you, do you want to continue? It costs you 100 coins. what if post-game I needed, like, you know, all these coins for other things? I didn't know at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all it's for. It's a really small price to pay to continue. Uh, It is. I think some people would have. If they did make those levels harder, I'm sure some people would just drop off the game more quickly. Mm. But sometimes when a game is too easy, and we'll get to this later, um, it makes it less fun, too. So I don't know. Yeah. So what's your overall take? I mean, you happy, you satisfied? I say it met my expectation. Met did your expectation? Met it. Didn't it see it met? Mm-hmm. I, I would say my favorite Wario game of all time is the one on the Wii, Smooth Moves. Mm, that's a good uh, one. Because I could play that for years. The thing about WarioWare is it should be a great party game. And don't get me wrong. It's a fun party game. But when I think of party games, my the first thing that comes to my mind is how fun is this for someone who's coming over who has not played this game or doesn't play video games yep. in general? Exactly. So a game like Jackbox is really good because a lot of those games can be very easy. And maybe it takes someone a game just to get in the rhythm um, of it. And here, though, there are how many characters like 17 or something There's like characters. Yeah. And you kind of have to explain each one a little bit. So here. So here's an example. Um, Michelle hadn't played WarioWare with us. Right. I had Sebastian and Cedric and we were unlocking characters and going through the story mode. Um, eventually, Sebastian got bored and left and it was Cedric and I. So Cedric and I know the characters. Mm-hmm. And when we were trying to get a high score for the competition that, you know, we could do it. Michelle wanted to play WarioWare. So uh, she comes down and she plays, but she doesn't know any of the characters. So every time a, a level was about to start, and they're, you know, they're obviously happening very quickly, um, I would try to explain really quickly, like, <laughs> okay, that character, if you hold the A button down, they'll fly um, and you go in any direction. And, you know, she just wasn't ready for it. So a lot of these levels, they'd start off and she'd just, like, not know what to do. Mm, um, that's so, a fair point. So from that point of view, it could be a little annoying. You do need like people need to play for like an hour before they get in the rhythm of it all. Yeah. Um, when we did the mayhem competition, I made it so that you had to play with all characters. Now, I think if you haven't played through the whole game, then you're not using all the characters. But um, mm. it's still most people are going to have most of the characters unlocked. It's so much more challenging. It's so much more challenging when you don't know the characters. But after playing so many times with Cedric, we are now used to every right. You're the same way. I'm used to every single character. I know exactly when I should roll my eyes when I get a certain character. I know that yeah. if I get Penny, um, we're all freaking screwed. Um, but I think that's which fun. one's Penny. Penny's the one that shoots the water. Oh, fuck her. She's yeah. by far the worst character by far. Um. And one last thing I'll say about it is I was listening to CU podcast and uh, the host was saying he didn't think the game was too great because the characters weren't balanced. He goes, some characters are much harder to use than others. And the co-host said, that's the point, which is true. Some of these characters are hard to use by design. That's part of the challenge. Mm. It's not like a game of Smash Brothers where you should have a chance with everybody. Well, um, it's funny, too, because we've been playing on uh, that first remits one. That's the one I've been focusing on. And the boss stage is the, the Super Mario World level. 
right? Yes, yep. And there's certain ones that you can fly through it. And then there's ones like when you're on the skateboard or scooter thing and it's like, oh, fuck me. Or right. there's just certain ones you're like, I don't think I can beat it. Um, there are some flaws where there are certain mini games that's, which are nearly impossible to beat with certain characters. Uh-huh. And if you're playing co-op, I mean, obviously, um, it helps. You got to rely on the other person. Mm-hmm. But there's just some that are very difficult with certain people. There there are. Um, one of the underlying... The one uh, the one that looks like the Game & Watch with the two characters holding a number and you have to pick the greater. Yes. Sometimes you have that character that keeps jumping all the time. So oh, the level yeah. starts and you're like, if you just even touch your joystick... You're gonna hit yep. one of the numbers. That drives me nuts. Yeah, or or even the that same one where you have to get like the the spaceship to go through the rings. You literally start really off by hitting the ring up because yeah. it's automatically jumping, and then you're screwed. Yeah. Um, I'm trying there's to think of something. There, there, there were. God, there's there's still a couple. the The hardest one is the cat that you have to wind up. Oh, that was fucking ridiculous too. <laughs> Yes. That don't even yeah. That one's that one's hard. That one's Mo- I've only beat it like once. Right. Most of the characters are really bad for it, and I think you only have to turn it like twice. But it's my god, hard, though. it's so freaking hard. Well, it's like the windmill one, right? When you if 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 you jump on the windmill, you hit it up, but then you hit it the other way when you come back down. Yeah, some so you need something bad. that shoots. You know, it's like it's it depends on what you get, and that's what makes it fun. It I is mean, fun. I, there's some characters that are really hard, but like. You know, sometimes you ha- you just have to know when to tell your co-op partner, hey, back off. I got this one. Like, exactly. You know, yep. and, and when, you know, do this, there's that one with the magnet and the little like washer. And yes. you have to kind of push the magnet, but you also have to push the washer. So it always mm. involves communication to say, you go get the washer. I'll pull the magnet. Yep. Um, there's a few like that, too. I think it's really fun. I think the mayhem is making it more fun, but I, yeah. you know, like you said, when the mayhem is done, just like with Mario golf, um, when it's done, how much will you play the game? Will you break it out when people come over? Not that game. I think you brought up a great point where it's, you know, you're always going to have the edge over your, your guests, which isn't a fun party game. If you're winning every game, right? Maybe you, you just know? have, have your guests play each other. Yeah, and, and my kids, I they love watching it, but I don't think they could ever play this game. It's just right. it's way too fast reaction for a five and seven year old to to try to figure out. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. It is, um, it's the, fun. The game. Wario Cup is really fun too. Did you do the Wario Cup? Uh, I did the first one. I haven't done the well, they on the second or third one. Is I it every day this change? Every no. week. Yeah. So there is a new one, and I haven't done it. So I will say done... I love yeah. the Mario Wario Cup. But I sat there to try to beat like Marty and uh, Mole's score, and I had fun doing it. It's a hard, it's a challenge, especially because they made you do was it nine volt the guy with the yo yo. Yep. Um, but like because you were playing the same levels, it wasn't randomized. It was the same level. Um, you started to get a feel for it, and there was like the only level that I I just I don't think I ever got was when you when the room goes dark and you have to hit the light switch. Yep. And you're trying to use a freaking guy going back and forth real fast on a skateboard that you can't see. Mm. Like it's basically unfair. You just jam the button, hope for the best. You just but the, yeah, problem, you jam. But the problem is you jam the button, you stay in one spot. Yes, you have to kind of press <laughs> it a little bit with a delay. So that's fun. I mean yeah. uh, Penny is the worst character though. Oh yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Who's your favorite character? Um I mean Wario isn't bad, but I, I like the the witch girl. 
because she's very smooth all directions and she shoots. Yeah, she's the one that like yeah yeah goes back and forth and just fires in any direction. Yeah, she's yep, like she the queen. Yeah, she has a complete three sets the motion, very smooth. Like I said, mm-hmm. decent speed, but she also shoots. She's pretty I like, good. Um, I like the robot guy, Mikey. Oh yeah, he's um, good too. I like. I like him. And I like when he goes yay, and he does all the little like <laughs> very flat. It's uh, he's yeah, he just she shoots in one direction. You know, some games can be a challenge, but um, he's very predictable and easy. The yeah. Mario, the Mario world level is always like, please give me a character that's sane, like. Mm. Um, Oh, and five volt, the mom. Um, there are some levels she's oh, terrible yes. at, and some levels she's amazing at. Yeah, um, she, she's, she's you she's gotta. Wild. I'll tell you what, I didn't fully understand her at first. Yeah, you know, but like you said, there are certain ones you have to peel like the face mask off. All you need to do is for her go to the top of the screen, uh-huh. and she falls all the way to the bottom. Right. You know, so there's stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Cool. So um, what about uh, mayhem? So, yeah, let's talk about the mayhem. So we're in the middle of it. Uh, still in the early first half, I guess. Um, it's been a fun time. So we have, uh, if you haven't seen the rules, it's just we're doing a co-op competition and a solo competition. Um, take a look at the rules to see which level you have to do. But basically, it's a remix one or remix two, your choice. Um, and it's just basically a high score. That's it. That's all we're doing. So there's two competitions. There's no random lotto winner this week. This month, um, sometimes we don't do that when it just makes sense to have two prizes for something else. And in this case, we have two clear prizes. You can't win both prizes. So everybody's got a chance because if there's somebody who's really dominant, well, they can only win one of the two prizes. Um, so we have two player and one player. And the current standings right now, co-op competition leader is me Whoa. and Cedric. Bullshit. With a 45... And in That's second place, which is last place, Drew and Amy mm. with a 41. I'll tell you what, though. My my co-op partner still loves me. Okay. Because you said you and Cedric had some words. We we did bicker. <laughs> Every time we missed one, we blamed each other for it. It was great. Um, I'm surprised there's only two of us in the co-op competition, but I expect some uh, some new competitors. There are six people in the solo competition currently being led by Andros with 64. Touche. That was that's an unbelievable score. That's a great score. And it's hard to do because when you have to restart from the beginning mentally, that is hard to just start. It is like boring and it's like one, two. <laughs> um, so 64 has the lead. Third strongest mole has a 57. Informant with a 44. He's the only one doing remix 2.0 right now. I tried that. I I did try. I, I just think you got to stick with one almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I um, like the boss better in one. I, I hate that stupid fucking great challenge thing. <laughs> um, Bob Cousy with a 43. Drew with a 43. You guys are tied. Hmm. And then I am in last place with a 39. Yeah, mm. probably holding on to one. I know you. Not great. And then... uh. In terms of the, uh, we're going to talk about the payouts for Mario Golf. Um, we don't have that information yet, Drew. Um, mm. Are we going to do that on the next episode, or when do we want to do that? You know, shame on me. I'm not going to lie. I dropped the ball on this one. I, I've been out of the loop. I've been thinking about it. So I don't think I want to wait another week or two. Um, so what we'll do is maybe we'll record a little 15-minute bonus um, or, or, or something. Or maybe we'll do a little YouTube video. We'll do something. We'll do something. 
YouTube, um, we're going to do video? Wait, we have, did you just volunteer us to do video editing? I don't know. Probably not. No, you're right. talk to your partner Steph. before that, Drew. Uh, we'll do something within the next few days, even if we just post a nice little, uh, you know, sheet with all the winners. But we'll, um, we're going to get you the money this week. I want to I want to get the money out this week. OK, I, I mean, we all know kind of the money that we did. Everyone knows if they won yeah. money. I know I won ten dollars. We have two uh, random people, though. It could be anybody that played the entire league. Oh, that's gonna right. We haven't done that at all. All right. Nope. you dropped the ball, man. No, I, okay. you know, I did. I, you, I did. you know what? You did such a great job. Oh, you, you. You, you deserve a pass. Okay, pass. Life is busy. We're in Chicago. Life is busy. Speaking of life is, John, mm-hmm. um, I, I believe you have uh, something to talk about. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's just wonderful. So, yeah, I talked about this on the show. I talked about a couple of these games on the show, but got to talk a little bit about Life is Strange True Colors. Um, an incredible game. Um, very few times as a game that you get hyped for really live up to the standard. But I think the game was actually better um, than my expectations were. Um, can't say enough about it. I can't say any more than I did on the show. But um, incredible realism to this game. Like, the graphics are so far and beyond anything that was previous in the series. So it makes you excited for the rest and um, we're actually getting a DLC episode in 10 days. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, a little bonus episode, which is a prequel to this game. Um, I think all their DLC episodes have been prequels. There was a prequel game to the first one, and then there was a prequel episode they put out before Life is Strange 2. And then this prequel is coming out after the game. But I think it makes sense. I think they all they all do it. It makes sense. So, um yeah, this is going to be uh, it's a it's an episode about how Steph got her job at the record store. And this is before the events of True Colors. So, um, yeah, very excited for that. I'm going to do another playthrough before that prequel comes out. So, um, yeah, really excited for it. Um, 10 out of 10. I did a 30 second review on it. Uh, make Great sure review. you check that Great out. Review. Great review. Did well on TikTok. Well, Did it? it's going to be it's going to be my highest viewed video on TikTok very soon. Wow. Um, but I think a lot of people in the Life is Strange community like to look for Life is Strange content. And I think that's what's what's helping because my true. you know what my worst video on TikTok of all time is going to be my Sayonara Wild Hearts review. Well, you know, hey, the Internet doesn't lie, John. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should join the uh, the dad's TikTok with. Um, what did you just call it? Titcock? Tit-tot. I thought you said Yeah. Titty Maybe I should join with um some 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 manscaped product testing. That'll go great on TikTok till we got till we get banned. But uh feel free to send me a video. Just you. Um I also finished up playing Rifflands. I think I talked about this on the previous episode, um, so I won't get mm. too much into it. But um, I really did enjoy. I'm really happy that I came back to it and really played the freaking bejesus out of this game. Um, I thought it was one of those twenty dollars purchases. I just regretted, and you know, I, I don't like when that happens. Um, but I got through it. I got. I had a successful run. Um, I was able to unlock so many different kinds of permanent upgrades. There really is like. Lots of cool permanent upgrades to make the, your future runs more efficient and that sort of thing. I will say that there's three characters in the game 
you unlock the next character if you if you I think when you pass the first or the second day. So with the, if you if the first character, if you beat the second day, you unlock the second character. And then with the second character, if you get past the second day, you unlock the third character. Hmm. I was really bored by the second character. The days lasted way longer. The story just wasn't as cohesive. It was a lot of back and forth and back and forth. I was just having such a boring time that I literally ended my run. I was on day four and I was just so bored. I just ended the run. Um, so yeah, that kind of ruined it. I was really thinking I was just going to keep playing, keep playing and I'll probably go back to it. Um, I may try the third character and just see how that one goes. Um, but otherwise I feel like I'd rather just play the first character at a higher difficulty level than play the second character again. Um, Hmm. but of course it just, it just ruined my whole flow. So, um, but still had fun with it and I still plan on playing some more. Um, that's Grifflands. Um, third game. I also did talk about on the Nintendo dad show Um, and I'll just say K's in the wild mass had a really good time with it. Um, I did release a 30 second review. Um, If you like Donkey Kong country, you'll like K's in the wild masks. I had a really good time with it. For some reason, it gives me even like a Sonic vibe the way it looks. Does it? Yeah. I have to say graphically, it didn't win me over before. And the only reason I bought it, was because Kevin was pestering me and saying you should get K's in the Wild Mass. He mentioned a couple times. Oh, he was a big fan. Yeah. And then I, I went to Best Buy and I got like I was trying to get it and I couldn't get it. And I, so I ended up ordering it. Would you um, say Best Buy is your trip tonight? It It isn't because I enjoy <laughs> going there to buy games, but their new ordering system kind of sucks. So it's kind it, of ruining the joy for me. Really? Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because you have to go to the front of the store, and so you basically just have a slip. And like apparently, Toys R Us days, uh, they have a a poorly printed a, a poorly printed out version of the cover, and it's like a photocopy in a Xerox machine. And you bring the case to the front, and then they go find the game, and then somebody eventually has to bring that case to the back. And it's just such a an inefficient system. And twice I had a game in my hand went to the front and they didn't have it. Ooh. So it's just annoying. You don't know if they're going to have this game. And so yeah, if you're picking like a game, you kind of want to know if it's in stock because you might pick a different game. <laughs> it's just annoying. And then they got to bring the thing back and who knows how long that takes to bring it to the back so that next time you go in, you might, there might be a game that you wanted, but you don't see it. Mm. I just hate it. Um, but yeah. I, I usually I'll pre I'll order the games online and then pick them up. So basically my days of just browsing at Best Buy are dead. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to order online and then pick Mm. it up. Um, But I'll let my 30-second review talk about K's and the Wild Masks. Um, Just go to Dad's After Dark Show on YouTube. We've got some new subscribers lately. Um, Mm. We don't get a ton of views, but I really enjoy doing these reviews. So, Uh, Last game, um, second to last game. So I played Toem. Um, this came out on Friday. Um, so brand new game, nice and fresh. Um, it's the black and white looking game where it's about taking pictures. This was shown during the indie world. The mm-hmm. last indie world what was that it last month. It kind of looks like a game boyish type game, right? No, I wouldn't say that. In fact, it is a gorgeous mm-hmm. looking. I mean, it is, it is monochrome. It, maybe I'm thinking, make sure you spell it right. It is Copy monochrome, but it looks gorgeous. Um, 
very like you spin around. It almost it's almost reminds me of the Captain Toad games where the area you're in, the square you're in is that's all you see. You don't see the whole world around you. You just see the one square you're on. Um, and so it's just like it just reminds me of Captain Toad. Let me know if you if you agree and you can spin it around. There's lots of like hidden things you're looking for. And basically, oh. you just take pictures. Um, it's kind of like a, a giant scavenger hunt. So is it is it not? I don't want to say grid based. It's not the right word. Is it like module based where you have like areas that you can spin? It looks like there's some small areas, but yes. it also looks like some large areas. Yeah, so they, it's I mean, not you, an open world concept. It's not an open world concept. You take a bus from area to area, and it's very much like Super Mario Odyssey. Like, so you have to get a certain number of stamps so that you can take the bus to the next area. Okay. But the total number of stamps in that area is is much more. So you can just progress when you get the minimum number of stamps and then come back. Or you can just sit there and keep getting stamps until you kind of run out and then you just go to the next area, Um, which is kind of how I did it. When I when I got a little bored with an area, um, I by that point, I had enough stamps and then I just went to the next area. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I don't hate the idea. I mean, it's not for me, but it doesn't look or sound terrible. It is it is charming. And if you like doing side quests, you know how like side quests are different than main quests? Yep. Like if you like doing completion stuff in a game, this whole game feels like that. Um, you have to like, it'll like, you'll get these quests and they'll sometimes be a little obtuse. Like they'll say, oh, uh, be a be a flower and you're like what does that mean (laughs) like be a flower and then you walk around and then like you might see one of those you know those boards where there's like a circle cut out of a flower and you stand put your face in it and then you take a a selfie picture of yourself and then there you go and then you get a stamp and you're like ah cool i figured it out that's what it is um there's challenges in there there was one challenge where it said five living things and, uh, and usually what happens with the challenge is you show this person a series of pictures. And when you do everything they ask, you get a stamp. But I was like, I sent them a picture of a, f- a fish and they're like, nope. And I sent them a picture of this person. They're like, nope. And I'm like, wait, five living things. Does it have to be in this area or can it be another area? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to do. And then I accidentally stumbled on it. It meant a picture of five living things at one time. Um, oh. and I was like, Oh, so it's just the whole game is nothing but that. Um, so it's kind of like almost mini riddles too built into it a little bit. Yeah. It is. And okay. if you remember which you don't in Sayonara wild hearts, there's that Zodiac wheel and all the Zodiac wheel has on it is hints of how to accomplish them. Some of them are a little clearer than others. No. And then when you accomplish them, you, you pass it and you're like, Oh, no so there's, so there's some fun in figuring out what it is they're asking and then actually doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly love this game. I didn't I'm not doing a review on it because it's such a short game. I It's hard to like do a review and not have spoilers in it. Um, but this is like a nine out of ten. I had an, a great time. I beat it in four hours, which was a little longer. I guess if I if you just did the minimum number of stamps in each area, you could probably beat it in a few hours. Um, you could probably beat it in one sitting, but after a while it gets a little like picture, 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 picture. Um, I was able to complete all of the, um, there's like a Pokedex where there's like, 
you'll they, they, you have this photo album with name like names of things you're looking for and when you take a picture it's like oh you got it it's like a pokedex um i finished i filled up my pokedex and got all the stamps in seven hours and then i played a little bit more because there's achievements um but the achievements are also often like riddles and i have five more achievements to get one of them is get this you've walked a thousand miles so to me, I feel like they're just counting the steps in the game. Hmm. And if I walk around enough, but here's the problem. I have done everything in the game and I haven't gotten that achievement. So I feel like that one is just tuned poorly. Um, I should have gotten it by now. I mean, literally, yeah. I just gonna walk around after I've done everything. Mm. And do you have any idea how many steps you've gone? I have no idea how many steps I've gone. Oh, so you might only be like halfway there for all you know. Yeah. And literally, I don't know if that's what it is. It could be something totally different. I don't know. Um, I have about five achievements to get that one. I think I know what it is. The other four. I don't. One of them is you're great with a camera. And it's just like, I've been taking pictures this whole game. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if I, if if it's just taking lots of pictures, I don't know. Um, Mm. And because the game just came out, I haven't been able to find what they are. So I I tried to get the uh, tell them Twitter account to give me a hint. And I didn't hear back from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I loved it. I think it's great. It's one of my favorite games of the year. So, um, it was a good time. Good. Nice. It's a good tome. It's a good tome. <laughs> yeah. I see what you no? did there. Um, and then the last game I'll mention, I am a bit ashamed. Um, this is now the fourth or fifth time I have started this game. <sighs> I owned it. I own it on three different consoles. Now I never get very far in it. Um, I am playing XCOM 2 again. Oh, my God. I bought it on the Switch when I, I thought it was going to be really fun. And at the port on the Switch is terrible. So then I bought the collection for the PS4. Um, made a mistake, bought the wrong one. Just bought the original game without the expansions. Started that one. Um, and then I stopped. And then I bought it for the Xbox One. Started that one, stopped. And then I think I restarted it again and then stopped. And that was a year ago. I haven't played it in a year. And now I decided I just, I really want to love this game. And um, so I bought it digitally. So this is really the fourth time I've bought it now. It was on sale. It's $100 for all the expansions and everything, which is overpriced, mind you. Um, But it was was 80% off. So for 20 bucks, I got the whole collection. I got the two massive expansions. I really want to like this game. Um, And so I'm playing it on rookie mode. Because uh, normal difficulty, from what I have heard, is hard. And I can agree. It's hard. And the game doesn't teach you a lot about it. There are some things I'm still doing, figuring out for the first time. So I don't feel bad that I'm playing it on rookie mode. Um, It's really easy. Uh, Maybe too easy. But if I play it on normal mode, I'm going to get ripped to shreds. So I'm going to play through it on rookie mode and just try to learn the game better. And then once I do, maybe even before I finish it, I'm going to switch to normal mode and start all over again. Um, It's just a game I really want to love. And I think I will Um, just need to give it five or six tries. (laughs) Sometimes you just try to give it up. Sometimes you just can't be proud of yourself. Hmm. How about you? What are you playing? Um, I've been playing quite a bit. You know, I, I love when I get into these phases of like multiple games going on at a time. It's weird because I'm not that usually type of gamer. I'm usually 
a linear gamer where I mean I play one game till I finish it and I move on. But right now I got these three games going on. I got uh, I got a myself game, a family game, and then a me and my wife game, which that happens every once in a while. It, you know, the stars align and it's perfect. So uh, I talked about WarioWare. That's uh, the me and my wife game. Uh, I do have to say that Slay the Spire hooked me back in the other day. <laughs> I played about three or four runs on Ascension. I think I'm on Sits. So oh Ascension Sits. And um, I just stuck in another game. And I, I, I was on a plane. I couldn't look it up. So I said, oh, hell, let me play a couple of runs. But anyways, I've been playing. I, I bet you this on the, the End Dads. Ori and the Blind Forest. The first time I've ever played it. Yes. I'm about, I don't know, five hours in. I think it says I'm like 55%. I don't know what that really means on the mainstream. Um, if that's what my percentage of the game or if that's like exploration or what. There, there's a few different there's stats. a lot of so, it, yeah. So I don't know exactly what it means. Uh, overall, I mean, Ori is known to be, you know, an amazing game. And it is. It's a fantastic game. I'm, I'm loving it. I find myself humming the theme song. It's funny because mm-hmm. I bought the, the, what do they call it? Definitive edition. I don't know what Ori calls it. If it's a completed edition, it's definitive edition, but right. it comes with a digital code for the soundtrack, and I and I keep meaning to add it to my phone, but I have not yet. So I need to do that. John, I know you just bought this. You might want to look into if you have that code as well. <laughs> I yeah I I I I I would buy this game a hundred times over, honestly. It, or whatever it's you want to give me. So the game's awesome. It. It's that perfect balance. I've not stuck once or twice. I did have to like look it up because it, it is one of those things that you start exploring so much. It's like, well, you know, rather than looking for four hours, so your map's so big, it's like you might want to just point me in the right direction and then I'll figure it out. But at least tell me where to go because you don't want to be looking and searching. Mm-hmm. Uh, not again, a, the mu- it's not a huge world, but yeah, it can. It's not a huge world, but there's a lot of nooks and crannies in the games where uh, you you could you can miss it. But mm-hmm. for the most part, I, I, I've been figuring it out. I, I, I give myself, you know, 20 minutes to figure it out. And if I, can, you know, like I said, I have to, have to look up two things. Uh, but no, it's uh, the, the art style is absolutely amazing. I love the depth of, of the game with, uh, you know, how they how they visually did it. Uh, it's very fluid movements. It's, it's very unique. Uh, some of the moves you unlock and things along that line. I find myself... Like I said, I love the game, but in a weird way, it's not like other games where it's 24-7 on my mind and I want to keep playing it. I will finish this game. I'm going to keep playing it. And maybe it's because I have these other games where my kids want to play and the wife wants to play a little bit. So it's not just me focused on one game. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 100% loving it. I'll probably play the second one eventually. Not back to back, but I will play it. And uh, I'm having fun. Everyone should should try to play this game. I, I, I mean, know, there, there's definitely a part in this game where you, you don't stop anymore. And um, I love how the game changes about three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. Like okay. the genre you would describe Ori, um, you know, mostly I would call it a Metroidvania. But yep. the last quarter doesn't feel like that anymore. It becomes huh. like a whole different game. And it's just wild. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's one of those games where you can recommend to anybody. It's like there's nobody that shouldn't like this game. I'm sure there's somebody out there, but um, it's just so incredibly made by a, like a new studio, which is just crazy. Um, it's 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 way more beautiful than <laughs> like really it should be for an indie. You know, it's incredible. Um, so I yeah, I can't wait for you to get the end of it. Hmm. Um, and the last thing I've been playing is cruising. 
blast. It's blast. It's, it's been a blast. It's it's so much fun. It, it it brings me back to so many of my favorite old school racing games, uh, the arcade style. This game has a lot of depth for if you're not familiar with it. it you know, it's the, the old school cruising USA style of arcade racing games. It, it's fast. It's very colorful. It's it's surprisingly very very smooth. Uh, every once in a while, you get like a little visual glitch, but it, it's nothing show-stopping or doesn't change the pace of the game. It's just a visual glitch, mm-hmm. uh, just because there's so much going on on these screens at a time. <laughs> but what I, what I really like about this game is it's the perfect balance of unlockables. It's and and that's what a lot of people love. You know, you start off with maybe you know six different cars to choose from. And you can change the color of the car. That's pretty much the extent of the customization in the beginning. And then throughout the levels, you can collect money based on what you do in the, the level or, the, or place you finish in. There's also, you know, money stats found throughout the level that you can pick up that gives you more money. And and, and it also has the Mario Cup, uh, the Mario Kart Cup, right? So each there's there's a there's a cup that has four levels. You have to finish, you know mostly all first places to unlock it. And each cup also has difficulties from easy, normal, hard, and I don't know what the next level is. There's four difficulties. And there's also three keys in every single level. Hmm. Uh, and you have to collect them on each difficulty, I believe. So if you collect all three keys in one level on easy, you still have to do it on normal, medium, and uh, normal, hard, and whatever. So Back are they to the hidden, or are the keys hidden, or in the same place um, every time? You know, I don't know. I I think they're in the same place, and they're not like hidden, like off the track. There's some, you know, you might have to go off a jump to get one. They might be hidden uh-huh. behind a bot, so you have to break. You have to go on a shortcut to find it. But they're all fairly out in the open. They're not like some other games I found, which are impossible to get. These are they're pretty relatively. Easy. I mean, I don't have them all, but they're there. Mm. So back to the customization of the carts of the cars. Uh, there's some cars you get with money, and there's some you can get with keys, just in the, based on the levels. So you also have to beat these levels and cups to unlock them. So you unlock the car. It might say, "All right, if you want this car, it's unlocked." But now you have to spend a hundred thousand dollars to buy it, or you might need to spend ten keys to unlock it so obviously the keys are harder to get you don't want to use them all and there's like i think there's like 15 extra cars that you can unlock uh and some of them are just crazy you know you can unlock a dinosaur you can unlock a unicorn um stuff that like yeah it's just it's weird you can unlock a helicopter there's some really cool stuff also within each car it levels up the more you play with it so you can go all the way up to level five and as you level it up, now more customization options unlock for that specific car only. Uh, all the way from changing, like, uh, adding, like, a neon lights to, like, the underneath of the car. You can change the um, engine so it looks a little bit differently as a cosmetic. Like, one car might add, you know, the, the flame, the painted flames to it. Uh, so there's also unlockables to make each car look cooler. Or, or add more different paint layers. And there's just, it's a lot of stuff. It's the perfect uh, amount of lockables. My kids love it. They've been playing it a ton on their own. Are they and grinding for you? Is that like... They are. Okay. They grind for me. <laughs> they do. The best part is I played the other day and I was playing the kind of like hard mode. So I told my daughter, I said, all right. I said, here's your job. I'm going to get first place. 
So your job is to collect the T's. I'm not going to focus on those. And I'll be ahead of you. So when I see a T, I'll yell at you. Hey, it's coming up on the left. And I'll tell you what, it's been, it's been working out pretty well. Uh, but yeah, when they play as well, though, your point, John, they'll collect all the money. And then that <laughs> helps uh, for the unlockables as well. So Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll I, tell you what, James, a lot better than I expected. So um, I've seen a lot of positive things online. A lot of, I think, just 30-second Nintendo Switch clips. Um, a lot yeah. of like comebacks at the end of races. And Crazy, I'm wondering, yeah. does does the game have some kind of rubber banding where if it you're does. behind? OK, so it's interesting because I find no matter what difficulty I'm on, like it's impossible to get to first place off the off the start. Mm-hmm. Like you start in 10th and like I don't get to first until like the, the last 25 percent of the race. Like, it's impossible to catch those cars. I don't know why. I, well, so, a lot of arcade games are like that. Yeah, they want you to start last and, and every, you know, few seconds you gain. The one de- the one problem I have in the game is, so you have, you know, your turbo boost, your limited amount of turbo boost. The, the levels never tell you, like, when's the race almost over. Mm. So if you're not familiar with the track, you know, I'm still learning the track. It's not like Mario Kart where you memorize every track. Um or there's laps. There's no laps. It's just a linear course, right? Like, I might get toward the end. I'm like, oh, I have still have three turbos left. Right. You, you know left them saying? on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't rapid fire them. You use it and you can't use the next one until it expires. So it's like a five second thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I don't know. That might be my only downfall. I guess one thing I could try to find is there's no track layout. So you don't know where you are in the track. Interesting. And there, yeah. it doesn't lap. It's just one continuous. Yeah, I don't think there's course? any other courses have laps. Nope. Oh, and okay. there's some courses that are like 50 seconds, and there's some that are like three minutes. Oh, okay. So they're not super long, but they're, I mean, three minutes probably feels like a long time when you're racing. Oh, yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. it. That's uh, that's what I've been playing. Very cool. Lots of fun. Can't wait to hear the wrap up of Ori. And uh, yeah, and I know what you're playing next week. Mm. Cool. All right, we have an ad read here. Oh, we do, John, because autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in your patch and my patch. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming. If you know what I am saying, make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Dads, husbands, Wives, children, boys, uh, get ready for a coffin season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping. It's great value with the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, for all of your Manscaping needs. Um. And John, we've had such positive feedback last week with our live product review. We got to do it again. We we do. So I think we actually both grabbed the same thing we this did. week, believe it or not. <laughs> um, why don't you tell the folks what we're going to be uh, product testing today? This is called the Foot Duster. It is a <laughs> foot deodorant. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know if this is something like, you know, maybe before you, you know, get into the bed with the wifey or if this is like a midday refresher, it's a foot fetish thing. Uh, let's see the directions here. After a shower, 
for any time your feet feel funky spray or anytime your feet feel funky spray a generous amount of foot duster onto feet Two, <laughs> let feet air dry before putting on footwear john before we open this i did ask you have you ever used a foot deodorant before i've never heard of a foot deodorant i have mm. used um there's like foot like scrapers and um Not sure what that i means. had you know what i had like my wife one time got me i don't know if it was a hint but i don't think it was um like a tin and it had like a cream in it and you can like rub it on the bottom of your feet it was like a foot moisturizer okay i think foot care is something that we take for granted like do you do you scrub the bottom of your feet with soap in the shower Probably not. Most uh, people don't. Unless they're really dirty. I mean, you need a shower. I mean, I have a seat in my shower, but I still, I never use it. Um, so, you're, you know, you're supposed to kind of scrub your feet, um, wash them. We sit there, we, they spend all day in a, in a sweltery sock at the bottom of a sneaker. And then we just do it day after day after day. We don't really take care of the bottom of our feet and you get, you know, get those little scabbies and calluses mm. and all that. Um, I don't think this is meant to fix that. But it is meant to uh, freshen them up. So what do you say? I'm going to give it a shake just in case. A little shake. Shake it up. Maybe a little little smell here. Let's see what we think of the the smell. Just spray it. Ooh. Smells like a deodorant. Oh, God. (laughs) It's really strong. (laughs) All right. All right. You ready? I'm going to apply this to my... I mean, you know, on the bottom of your foot, you know, between your toes. Just uh, No, yeah. I'm, I'm spreading my toes out. I'm just going to spray. Ooh, very moist. A lot comes out there. It is chilly. It says it does say cooling. Would you? I sprayed it like eight times. I heard that. That was a lot of spray. It's just very. Oh, okay. It 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 comes out a lot. Like you only really need one or two sprays. At, oh my god, my foot is drenched. <laughs> just rub it on your other foot. There you go. Just rub so, them together. It smells like. Cold mountain air. Uh, yeah, mountain air. That that's a mountain air with like a hint of what's the what's like the like rosemary or something. <laughs> All right. Now don't put your feet on the floor. All right. I I feel a little icy hot. I feel, I feel a little icy hot feeling, like a little cooling sensation. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll let this sit. I might reapply in like twenty minutes. This feels nice. Let's do an update like halfway through our top eight. And yeah, see we'll how do we're it between, between five and four. We'll do an update. Let it dry. All right. Let's go back to the top four to eight, whatever right. we're at. Let's do it. Number eight. So, John, we were on the Nintendo Dads last week, and mm-hmm. we had the opportunity to bring a you know a topic of one may say to the nintendo dads uh and this was your idea i can't take the credit for it but essentially the idea was to tell some type of romantic video game and story whether it was with an ads your current wife or something that was you know fun with a significant other well uh we we, we each told a, a fun story but we had to keep it fairly pg Right, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't really get out the true stories. That is what we're all about. Right. Um, so I told a, I told a nice, lovely story about me and my wife playing Guitar Hero, fun. But let me tell you about a, a rated R story about also me and my wife. So my wife was in college, 
and um, you know, I went on a visitor every once in a while in the dorm, and I did a little, you know, I, I sometimes bring a little surprises or, or presents, you know, college students, we're not made of money, we're not really going out, we're just happy to see each other, we're going to hang out, you know, drink, go to a little dorm party, whatever. So I brought a box of goodies for us, uh, you know, some candy, some snacks, but in there was Paper Mario for the N64, the original, Ooh. and the strategy guide. She never played it. So I said, we're just going to chill all weekend. We're going to play Paper Mario. It's going to be really fun. Um, so we played Paper Mario. We, we ordered some pizza. We were having drinks, blah, 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 blah. Now, she had a roommate. Um, and so this roommate was, she was like, okay. I'd say semi-attractive, a little bit heavier set, but like not fat, but not skinny. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like that in that weird area where like, eh, she probably shouldn't be wearing that. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. So anyways, we played with Mario. We had pizza. We had drinks with a fantastic night. Um, she went out and then she came home later, you know, late, whatever. So she went to bed in her bed. We went to bed in our bed. And, you know, well, I'm, a, I'm a guy. I haven't seen my, my girlfriend at the time. You know, we made a little love in bed. She was sleeping, you know, so just keep it down a little bit. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm making love to my now wife and I look over and I see this chick in her bed, like laying on her stomach, like the blankets are off and she has like this big fat ass with a thong just sticking out. Like she went to bed in just a thong and she's leaned over, you know, like dorm beds are a little bit higher. They put them like cinder blots or something. Yeah. yeah. So she's, she's laying on her bed on her stomach. Picture this ass hanging out with her thong. And she's like leaned over. So like one hand's on the floor and like she thinks we're sleeping and she's opening the box of pizza that we bought uh, leftovers. Like we didn't finish it. And she's eating pizza. This is like two in the morning. And she's like eating a piece of pizza while like laying in bed trying to be secret. Right. So here I am, Ben and my wife, look over this big fat chick ass eating my pizza. So I'm like. Do I stop and say, hey, don't touch my fucking pizza? Or do I, you know, finish out? I'm wondering, I'm w- she must have known you were doing that. That's why she was, like, trying to. Maybe that was her opportunity to. Yeah, she right, thought. Right, like, okay. Like, right. like, like, they're not going to stop having sets to tell me not to eat my pizza. <laughs> right. And she's hungry. She's a college student. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it's a, it a great memory of Paper Mario and, and that. But um, I just figured I'd share the story with you. Pretty brave. I got I to gotta give it to you. Yeah, you know. Huh. Yeah, that's it. I mean, did you have any other rated R stories you wanted to share, or 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 no, no, okay. I didn't have any R-rated stories. Um, one of my, uh, uh, I don't know. This isn't this isn't romantic. I I'll save the story for another day. But um, but I I don't have any. I'm trying to think of some R-rated story revolving around video games. It just doesn't happen, man. It doesn't happen. I I you're my hero today. Well, I mean, it, it didn't, it wasn't a direct video game story, but I feel like Paper Mario was, that's, it's ingrained in my memory. You know, that was like part of the weekend, you know? So have, now, wait, hold on. Have you broke out Paper Mario on N64 since then and just kind of like winked over at your wife? I'm going to have to now bring it up and be like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, but what was her name? She had a big ass and big thong just just sitting there. <laughs> and she'd laugh. I mean, it's. I think. Yeah, I think you should break it out next time. 
I'll have to just... Hey, paste... do you still have that Paper Mario, or is it... I still have that Paper Mario with the strategy guide. Oh, you should frame it and put the story in it, and... With a thong? <laughs> with a thong, yeah. It'd be fantastic. We should wrap it up for our anniversaries next month. I'll put it all in a little package for her with pizza. <laughs> put it all... <laughs> Number seven. <laughs> All right, we got to follow that up with this. Okay, you know this is exciting. Lego has announced their next uh, Super Mario, I guess. What do you call it? Design, brick design package. Yeah, Lego set. I don't Lego set. That's the word I was looking for. Lego set. I was pumped. They, you know, they teased a little bit. So the day before, they did a little tease. They showed this question block, and they was like, "Do you have a? We have a question for you of some sort." Speaking (laughs) of. What's your take on places or, or companies doing teases, but then exposing it like 12 hours later? So there like is the- there is a reason why they do that. And I won't say if I love it or not. It does. It can make the it can make the day go by and go. Ooh, I can't wait to find out what that is later or tomorrow. I, um, I the reason why they do it is so that somebody will share it. You'll see it and you'll go, oh, I want to know what that information is. Let me follow that account. Correct. And then in 12 hours, I will get it immediately. Um, so that's why they do it. But I will say, like, you know, when you know, when Nintendo says they're going to be a Nintendo Direct and it's usually like in a day or two. Mm. I mean, doesn't it make the work days just so much easier? You're like, ooh, can't yeah. wait for Nintendo Direct. So um, I'm not against it. It makes makes life fun, I guess. Yeah. So this this is a, a quite amazing Lego set. Uh, it pretty much, again, transforms into four mini diorama sets of mario mm-hmm. 64 levels what was it? they have the ice level they have the the castle it has um like the very first worldish. i don't like with king bomb bomb mm-hmm. and then it has like a lava level underneath uh and, and they say now it interacts with the original mario talking lego piece guy right the bluetooth one so if yeah. you have him there's supposed to be 10 hidden stars throughout this thing somehow that you can interact with it's pretty much just like a little barcode reader but I'm excited. This is 100%. It comes out October 1st. I will be picking this up. I believe the price was 170 which I thought is a fair price. Um, cheaper than the first big set. Yeah, a lot cheaper. I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more. Because it's hard to see the actual size of this thing. You figure it's got to be decent size. Um, it's a big old box. Yeah, guess. What, what, was your, what was your thought on this? this I thought it was cool. I like that it transforms. Um I, I never did buy the the first set, the NES system mm. set. Um, I still would like to. I think I would like that more anyway. I don't know yeah. if I'll pick this up. I, if I didn't pick up that first set, I'm definitely not picking this set up. I do That's... have the Mario and Luigi guys from the, um, like the, I don't know what they call that line, little talking interaction either. line. Um, but I just really have Mario and Luigi on my desk. Say hello, Mario and Luigi. Hello. Yeah, and I don't cool. have, I don't even have the set. I have a few pieces of the set on my shelf. But like, who posted the picture with like the big set? Well, that was Nick, Nick? but it wasn't him. It was somebody. It was a show. That seemed like fun, where you can buy all the sets and then put them all in one big area. I think that was really cool. And you know, rather than making little levels, because you get bored of the level very quickly, and just having them all there. But I also mm-hmm. feel like I wouldn't even play with that after like one minute anyway. So well, I have I have a bunch. Of, I have like probably four sets and we, we combined them all. We built this level. Yeah. And the kids played with them like one or two days and now yeah. they just sit there. Yeah, that's my worry. So I, I 
I have all those Lego Legos just in the box downstairs. I just keep Mario and Luigi on my desk. That's what it's here for. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, the Luigi one is very cute too. Say hi, Luigi. Yeah, he's fun. I like him. So I did ask you, um, you know, what would be your dream Mario Lego set? Uh, geez, you know, I don't know what it would be, Mario. Um, gaming wise, yeah, it could be it could be any I've video game. I guess. Yeah, like um, Luigi's Mansion Three, I think would be a very cool. Ooh. Like maybe they release one floor in a box, and then you can just stack them up. Wow, um, and make a hotel. Cool. Um, I thought that would be neat. Um, Chloe's room from the Life is Strange game. Um, it's it's just like a typical teenager room. Curtains, decorations, posters, graffiti on the walls, lots of stuff all over the place. That would be like a. I would love for that. Um, and then similarly to that, Thimbleweed Park, which was just kind of a. I wouldn't say it's an indie game, but you know that little um, old school point and click game. Just had beautiful mm. graphics. I think that's what I would want. Um, what else? Like, what else could you want? Mario Galaxy? I don't know. The planets aren't floating. I don't know. I, I think they've overdone like Mario. I think at this point, like a Zelda Hyrule Castle seems mm. obvious. Um, maybe something Metroid would be cool, but just something colorful. I think Nintendo's great. A great partner with Lego because of their color. Um but I, I can probably think of more non Mario things, but I would love that Luigi's Mansion three. Imagine if every floor cool. was like $80 and they put that... out a new floor every like two months oh for God. like three years. I'll tell you what we would buy every one. Yeah, that <laughs> it would be crazy, but I agree. And then you just put it back on top and mm-hmm. whoever has the biggest tower and then they'd sell the roof and then you'd be all done. Yeah, that would be cool. But I mean, so far, so what we've seen so far from Lego and Nintendo has been very unique, right? There, mm-hmm. There's not any standard. Here's here's Peach's castle. Here's Bowser's castle, which would which would I would love, fantastic. But but even the the Nintendo system, right? Yeah. It actually turned and it operated. It mm-hmm. you could put the game in. So, I you know you got to think to that point of view is 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 Nintendo in is either told Lego or Lego wants to do something very unique with the Nintendo brand. So, and they must the be selling thing, well. Yeah, they must be. And the only thing I think of would be really unique. And with uh, a new, the third game coming up soon, what if they did some type of Splatoon course? You know, you could Ooh. make that some type of interactive with, and just imagine like all the different colors, you know, the two color paints you could, you could build somehow. Right. Um, uh, nothing, nothing is prettier than Splatoon. I know, I know a good idea. I know. I know. I got, I'll tell you what. I got really excited in the WarioWare. They have the one Splatoon mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's an easy one. You see it, you get excited because it's easy. Right. But it just you hear the music and stuff, and it's like, oh man, I want to play Splatoon. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And we should be hearing about Splatoon three soon. Yeah. I want to get be. off topic, but I mean, we might we might start seeing stuff soon. So I don't know. Exciting. Let's step up the intensity. It's my favorite one, Drew. Now that was a great workout. Number six. And it's just for Drew. Yes. We have Bluetooth support on Switch. So this came out last week. Everybody knows by now. Um, Yeah, Nintendo just out of the blue, which seems to be all of their announcements now. I think that's a COVID related thing, but I think it's fun. I think it's fun when they do things out of the blue. Um, It wasn't rumored. 
we did kind of know. I swore I saw a story about it months ago that the system actually can do Bluetooth, Bluetooth support. And it's something they can just enable. And uh, but they had to put it in their interface. And, you know, so so, yeah, so Bluetooth audio, um, not not the mic support, but just the audio is supported. There are some restrictions. Um, if you can only have a couple of controllers hooked up if you're using it. Um, but for the most part, I think most people are using Bluetooth audio when they're playing a game solo. So having the limitation of two controllers is just perfect because it could be your two Joy-Cons. Um, um, so that works out great. They did. This is interesting. They did talk about latency, that there could be latency. I did not know. Maybe I should have. I did not know that Bluetooth audio has latency everywhere. Um, depending on the performance of your headphones and your devices, it's going to vary. Um, I don't know strictly where the switch lies in, in between, you know, low latency and high latency, but I, I have used Bluetooth audio for, um, I have AirPods. I listen to podcasts or I might listen to music, especially when I'm like doing errands. Um, I have never quite used Bluetooth audio for an interactive game. I'm also wondering, because I have listened to like a Met game or something while I'm watching it on my phone with Bluetooth. If if the system can tell the latency of the audio and so it adjusts the video accordingly to sync it up. So like, oh, your your Bluetooth audio is 100 milliseconds, so I'm going to delay the video by 100 milliseconds and it'll all sync up. Like you could totally do that. Hmm. Um, but when you're playing an interactive video game, you can't delay the video. You, you, someone's using the controller. And um, I don't know if you've ever like played a video game without game mode on or something, but if the video's delayed, it can be very nauseating. Um, so yeah, I never really, never really occurred to me when you're listening to a podcast, there is no latency. It doesn't matter. It's not mm-hmm. syncing up to anything. So uh, yeah, this has really taught me um, about latency. Um, I have tried it. I've been using it. I think the fact that I know that there is latency, even if it's not, it's very hard to recognize. Um, it it kind of bugs me, but at the same end, while I'm actually playing the game, I don't notice it at all. Um, I don't know if there's probably some particular games that you might notice it. I I assume playing a rhythm game or something like that would be ridiculous. Like, don't even do it. Um, but like, yeah, it it works great cool. I'm happy it's there. I'm like super happy it's there. It's it's one more option. Um, I still might use my cord from time to time. I don't know. Maybe if I play a certain game, I just I'll just play the put the cord in. Um, but uh, have you set this up yet? I, I don't know if you did last time. But. I did. I, I, I tried it the other day and um, I, I'm just if I'm sitting on the couch playing handheld, I, I usually just turn the volume on low and listen. It's not, not the really... best speaker, though. Like, I don't know. I I used to I used to play me. video games in the room with my family while they're playing Netflix and I didn't use headphones. And then one day I bought like a pair of Arctis headphones and I was like, oh, this is so much better instead of playing it on silent or very low. And it like totally changed me. So I'm wondering if it would change you. Like if you're just sitting on the couch and you've got, 
you know, a not too great speaker on your switch, mm. throw some headphones on. You know what I'll often do is I'll put my headphones on and I'll keep, I'll keep one cup off of my yeah. ear so I can interact with people in the room. Correct. Um, I mean, like I said, I, I tried it on Ori. I mean, Ori does have amazing music, Yeah, but it's not like a sound effect heavy game. I guess you should say in my eyes. I mean, you can play it on mute and you'd be able to make it through. You just wouldn't l- enjoy it as much. Yeah, I've been, I mean, I, I've been playing on the TV a little bit here. I've been playing handheld, but yeah, I just, I listened to it through the speaker. Mm. It wasn't for me. I tried to back off the Bluetooth. Okay. So really, it's like not something super useful for you, but again, it's there. Huh. Cool. Exciting. I like it. <laughs> Give me more. Give me themes. Number five. I want to talk about roguelikes and drew i know you like roguelikes hmm. you you're it's it drew like roguelike yeah um that, that's right so we kind of talked a little bit previously about grifflands and one of the issues where the run every run of it and it's a roguelike can take like four or five hours and the question is, is that too long? Is a rogue and some I understand some people don't like roguelikes no matter what anyway, but we like roguelikes hmm. is a four to five hour run too long for a roguelike. And if if you feel like it can work, like when does it work and when does that not work? I, I think that the secret um, secret, you know, medicine or secret equation rather for for secret sauce secret sauce that's the word john <laughs> that's what i was looking like um the secret sauce you gotta be able to play more than one run in a sitting yes right because that's how your your you know your memory is trying to recover what you just did and learn from what you just did and the next run you're gonna try something a little bit different or but if if it's four or five hours i mean for some people that might be a week or two weeks for one run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and then, and then by the time you start the next one, it's like, shit, I don't remember what I did last time. So I think, I think the, the secret sauce is, is really from what I would say, 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Spelunky was too short and maybe that's <laughs> 30 just because, seconds sometimes, maybe because I sucked at it, but <laughs> yeah. it was, it was too short. It didn't even let me understand the game enough. You yeah. know, or or or, or figure stuff out. But have you gotten back to that one yet? Because I haven't either. No, I just got no motivation. We, with we, it. we, I, we do have not to what try. I expected. Not what I, I expected. I want to go back to it, but I haven't. No, I. You know what? I was trying to figure out why I didn't like. You know, I I can feel that a, the run in Grifflands is too long, but I couldn't quite put into words why that is. And I think you nailed it. When you do a run, there's randomization. And if you play one run ever, you're going to remember all the upgrades and stuff that you got. But yep. once you're re- doing it over and over and over again, that you're, the runs sort of merge in your head. So you would like to do a full run in one sitting. And you were talking about Slay the Spire earlier. In Slay the Spire, have you ever interrupted a run? You know, maybe you had to go to bed or something yep. like that, and you put it down for a day and you come back. It is nearly impossible to pick back up because, yeah, because in Slay the Spire, you yeah. can have like 10, 15 relics. That is, that's where I was going with it. The relics you forget. Yeah. 
Um, the first thing I always do in Slay the Spire when I pick it back up is I go through all the relics very slowly and go, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Because you're getting them over and over again in different runs, but yeah. it's hard to remember it was in that run. Yeah, you see that icon. But, oh, what does that one mean, Dan? And luckily, it's very easy to view all of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. In Grifflands, um, the relics are basically getting people to like you and hate you. When they <laughs> like you or hate you, you either get a positive effect or a negative effect. And they're not as fun as Slay the Spire. And I think that's the theme with this game is like, you know, the upgrades and everything. It's not as fun. Um, it's also harder to see like what exactly they're not right on the screen. You have to go into a menu to see what they are. Um, and oftentimes when I'm playing, even on the run, I forget what I have. But yeah, like when I'm playing a run of Grifflands, that could take like three days. And uh, yeah, you don't get the you don't get the rush like you do with other roguelikes like uh, Enter the Gungeon or Slay the Spire yep. or Hades. Um, and yeah, I don't I don't like that the runs are too long. It's keeping me from continuing to play the game because of it. And also, when you finish a run in most roguelikes, that's part of the addictive process. You died, and now you're like, okay. I want to do this one more time. I one more time. It's like that addictive quality. You don't get that with Grifflands. You just don't. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a roguelike, right? It just feels like probably a linear. Oh, it feels like a roguelike, but it, yeah, you don't get. <laughs> you just don't get the rush. And when okay. I finish, when I finish like a run in rogue in uh, in roguelike in Grifflands, I I I always turn off my switch. Like I'm not like let's start another yeah. one right now. Um, I'll just wait until I have a full. You've been given this game quite a bit of attention, though. I have. I haven't played it in a bit, and I don't know if I'm going to go back to it sooner or later. But um, yeah, I, I the, the run is a very negative. No matter how I feel about the game, and I feel a lot more positive about it now than when I first played it, mm -hmm. um, I, the, the runs are definitely too long. No matter what I feel, yeah. the runs are too long, and it really affects the game. They're too long. It can't be this long. Even the battles. You get locked up in a battle. like They have the negotiation and the attacks. And sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm not in the mood to do a like I, I've gotten really good at the game and I can do a negotiation and basically just do it full health and everything. But oh, it's going to take me like five, six minutes just for one battle. Um, and sometimes you just try to skip it, not because it's strategically smart, but you just don't feel like it. Yeah. Whereas oh, yeah. In Slay the Spire, you go, oh, I want to do this extra battle and try to get another card. And the other battle can take 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I just want to play Slay the Spire again. That's so but, true. But yeah, but like, I don't know any other games where runs are as long. I have heard that Returnal game on PS5, the runs, I think, are a few hours. Um, But I can't think of any other games off the top of my head where the run is something you you couldn't do in one sitting. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really hurtful for a game like this. Agreed. Yeah, I will say Number before four. we see, I will say before we start this, the um, uh, the interface on uh, on Zencaster could be a little bit better because you click the same button to start a sound and the same button will pause the sound and they put the volume meter right on the same button and there's no way to lock the volume. So if you accidentally mm. hit the button in the wrong place, it'll start changing the volume and stuff. Um, I'm going to work with them to see if I can, I can get a little better UI out of them. But okay, anyway, yeah, number four, some... Drew. Well, before we do number four, we're going to do a manscaped check-in. How do yeah. your feet feel? 
Um, they feel pretty good. They were a little sticky. Yeah, mine and, were uh, too. They feel a little smoother now, and uh, yeah, I mean, they feel refreshed. Like I, I I'll, you yeah. know, I'll be honest. I mean, they don't. I don't feel like I just had like a pedicure or a foot massage. Um, no, but, but but they smell better. But you know what? Today, you know, I, I we came home from work uh, after dinner. The kids wanted to go outside, go on the playground. We played outside on the grass, the front yard. We did stuff. So my feet, you know, I had flip flops on. My feet were like, you know, they were a little sticky. Mm. But I'll tell you what, now they don't feel like that anymore. No stinky. And well, if you have a partner with a kink, a foot kink, well, it's gonna I don't be. Know. I mean, I don't know if I'd be putting this in someone's mouth. No, but if like if you're gonna if you're gonna have sex and you haven't put on deodorant, you know, like you know, you got to be clean or maybe take a shower or whatever. But... Hey, speaking of sets, my wife does this thing where <laughs> she always wears socks to bed. It could be in the middle of the summer and she'll wear oh, socks. Who the hell wears socks to sleep? I know. I made fun of her for it. Everything, but yeah, it's always weird. Like I probably only had sex with my wife. When she wasn't wearing socks a couple times. Can't you just take the socks off? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm not, I'm like, why? Did she say no, don't touch them. And I've never tried, like, you know, in the middle of intimacy. Like, that's not on my mind. Like, hey, let me take off your socks. Like, I'm not a foot guy. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Take her off. Hey, take, take off, take off your socks. socks and spray some foot no. duster on them. You do it like you're taking off her underwear. You just are like, ooh, and you just like, do it slowly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, number fourth. Thank you, Sadie. Little little sidetrack there. So I've been saying it the last few weeks, last few episodes. My kids have really been getting into video games lately, which is fantastic. As as you and you that you said, you have to play WarioWare with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot more gaming time for me because they want to play with me and stuff like that. Straight. So my son is doing this thing. I need your advice as a, as a dad, a video game and dad, right? <laughs> So he can't sit still. It, it's a weird thing because he, anything in, you know, when he watches TV or he does anything else, he never does this. It's only with a video game. Mm-hmm. So if we're trying to play the Switch and he's sitting on the couch, he will like slowly get off the couch and he gets closer and closer and closer to the TV to the point where like he's two feet from the TV. But the problem is now you're playing like Mario Kart or cruising. He's standing in front of your screen. Yeah. And like, I don't like, I would never yell at him over this. Like, buddy, back up. Like, for two reasons. One, I can't fucking see what I'm doing. And two, like, you shouldn't be standing two feet from the TV. Right? Yes. Uh, so like, he gets, like, he doesn't get upset, but he's like, oh, I'm, I I know, I know, I'm sorry. And then he'll go, he'll slowly go back. And then he'll just slowly start drifting closer. Now, he does it with his DS, his 3DS, I noticed, too, where he gets his 3DS, and he's definitely like a visual, like, he's turning the whole 3DS sideways or, you know, moving it to, like, <laughs> so he'll be sitting on the couch playing, and then he stands up, and then he'll be in the middle of the living room, John, and no lie, like, doing a complete 360, like, trying to go around. No joke, he started on the couch the other day playing his 3DS. He doesn't even realize it. He got up. He walked through the living room, through the kitchen, through <laughs> the pantry area, and he was in the fucking bathroom. Like he <laughs> he. And then I'm like Evan, and like I, he's he's literally like playing the three S. Like what are you doing? He's like I don't I don't know how I got here. Like he just he drifts. 
so I guess my question for you is, I mean, do I just let it go? Do I keep trying to like talk him into, I mean, I'm not mad. It's not anything bad. It's just like, yeah, it's just weird. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like sleepwalking. It's like game. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of funny. Um, it's funny. It, it could be dangerous if you're walking through a kitchen where like, you know, ongoing well, he, cooking's going like, hit on. his head on like, yeah, the countertop or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I my my middle son Sebastian is like that when he plays games he's playing and he doesn't he can't keep his body still they do a lot of and my daughter too they have a lot of jumping in their chair yep. and moving the controller around and moving the system around and I don't know what it is but I remember we'd play with them and it'd be like like guys you got to keep your body still man you got to focus on the game here yeah. you're like you're moving so much it's like just stay focused you know I don't know what it is I think it's just a, a young age thing because I don't think I've ever seen an adult really do that. No, yeah, um, I agree. I think they'll just I grow mean, out of it. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine? Like, I'm sitting in my lazy board with my feet up. Like, I'm not trying to get up. <laughs> I don't want to move. <laughs> yeah. My my Sebastian also plays a lot of Minecraft now on the PC, mm. and he does stay very still, but I think it's because he has to with the keyboard and the mouse. Um, okay. So maybe, maybe eventually, like, Maybe maybe let your kid play a PC game and it'll teach him to like you can't move because you can't you can't get up and walk around if you've got a mouse. That's yeah. And and yeah, that's a good one. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it'll just grow out of it. That is pretty funny, though. Yeah, we can play board games and stuff like that. It's not like he's calm. He's fine. So it's it's just a weird (laughs) weird playing Monopoly, walking through the hallway. I should like plug his 3DS in and be like, it's charging. And then he's going to rip it out of the wall. Ooh, yeah, it's going to turn off. All right. I wanted to share that one with you. That's a good one. Number three. Oh, social media. Such a good time. You should be so happy you're not on it all the time, Drew. Yeah. yeah. There was a tweet uh, from someone named Gandalf Gaming. It was really ironic because Gandalf Gaming is not like an account with a million followers or anything like that. He's got a few thousand followers. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, he, he posts his gamer tag and he likes to play Xbox and he, he got, he said he's in his bio, it says will upset PlayStation fanboys. So I don't know if this is like a troll account or what. Um, but at some point we had seen the reveal in the PlayStation showcase of the new God of war and he posts a tweet and it says God of war Ragnarok looks like a clone of 2018 God of war. Even the animations are unchanged and he plays a video of God of war from the new game and then God of war of the old game and then plays them side by side. And you know, yeah. Okay. The animation is similar, but it's just, you know, the God of war getting into a boat, right? It's like Kratos, (laughs) uh, the action of getting into a submersible, um, it's going to be very similar anyway. And so it really a lot of first of all, a lot of people got upset about it. Um, they were like, look how much more beautiful it is, you know, and it's like, yeah, it does look better. Who cares? But uh, yeah, it looks more better, whatever. But on the same end, too. Well, who cares that the animation of this particular part of the game is the same? Because the game is probably going to be 20 to 30 hours. And you're just showing me him getting into a boat. Um, so it, it drew a lot of ire, even, even we quote tweeted it. Um, and so the question that I beg is when you play the sequel of a game, how much of the game should be the same as the original or how much should it be different? And I'll start by saying 
Remember when Zelda 2 came out, a lot of people didn't like that it didn't look like Zelda 1. It was side-scrolly mm. and it had a different kind of overworld. Um, but I've seen games where if it's the same as the first game, you know, people are upset too. So what do you like to see in your sequels? How different should they be? See, that's, you know, I, I think a sequel should follow very closely to the same style of gameplay. I mm. truly believe that uh, because I think the gameplay is what sells a game for a certain person, mm. right? Because a, a game can look visually stunning, but if it's a type of, you know, game that you just don't play, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, you know, look at sports games. Some sports games nowadays are the best looking games out there, but if you don't like playing sports games, who cares? Well, yeah, there's right? so simulations. Yeah, so I think I think the actual gameplay, you know, if it's a hack and slash in the first game, the second game needs to be a hack and slash, right? Of the same concept. Uh, you look at Mario, which is which is essentially grown right over the years. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I think Mario is still and will always be a platformer. I think it maybe has you know moved on to the three D environment and and changed some of the two D elements, but I think those are changing the gameplay. They're just enhancing it. So for me, I think a, a sequel has to have the same gameplay, but it can be enhanced. As far as like cutscenes or, or or like you said, stuff like that, or 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 story, I I don't know. I mean, it needs to be a unique new new story that you know either continues or is separate. But I think the gameplay has to be the same, um, if not enhanced. That's just my take on it. It's interesting because I I kind of feel like I like when series give you the same feel, but then every so often I feel like they need to kind of change things up a bit. I think people get tired of the same flow. And one of one of the examples of that is literally God of War. Um, The first God of War was a great game. The second game was very similar to the first game. Different animations, a couple Mm -hmm. different moves, but it was the same sort of like hack and slash play. Um. And then there was some other version. I know there was one on the PSP or was it the Vita? I can't remember. Um, very similar. And you know what? After a while, it's like, yes, it's a fun formula. And yes, some people can play it multiple times. Some people can't. But God of War from 2018 was sort of like a reboot of the series. Not story wise, but, you know, in, in terms of the gameplay where the, the camera is now behind Kratos and he's using like a weapon in a smarter way. And so if this game and it looks like it's going to be very similar. In fact, I was a little surprised that people aren't like super excited about this. This is a a major game series that just got a, you know, we finally saw footage of it, but it's because it looks so similar to the previous one. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of brings you back to when they revealed the previous one, how amazing it looked because it was so different looking. And maybe now we're in the, okay, well now you're going to get a bunch of these like this. Um, So I think that, I don't think the criticism was fair. I think he, he took one animation and tried to compare it. And it's like, look, there's a whole game here. There's a whole story, everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was unfair, but it is, you know, fair to question, like, should the game have notable differences? And in this case, I think it's fine. I think, I think it's going to sell well. Definitely I think it's, it's going to be a better version of the first game uh, or what, it, you know, the, the, the 2018 game. And maybe it won't be as memorable. Maybe people will always remember the the rebooted game there. But I, you know what? It's going to be good. 
I, I just think that when you get fans to fall in love with a series, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying this is the case for God of War, but when you get fans to fall in love with a series, right? You you sold them on the idea and the gameplay and the story and all of this of this game. So when you come along now and you change the whole either style or concept of that game, but you're using the same name, I feel like that's a cheap way for the company to say. We know there's, I'm just going to say, God of War fans out there. So we're going to use the God of War name to make people buy this game. Which really, we should have just called it, you know, (laughs) Angels of Peace. Like, you know, it's like, I think there are companies that do that, that try to piggyback off of their titles, even though the game is something totally different. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and a good example of that, in, in, in a weird way, is Super Mario 2. We all love Super Mario 2. But they just took a totally different game and threw Mario into it because they wanted to use Mario's name. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think there's a lot of other companies that do that today. Right? right. I mean, look at look at um, Exit the Dungeon. Right? That's a totally uh, different style of play. Yes. It was a flop. Nobody really liked it. Right? Because it was this side-strolling game. It was the complete opposite. I mean, it, it had the same lore. I guess you could say, mm-hmm. but the gameplay completely changed. I in didn't a weird play way. that one. Does it feel like a game that was like maybe the developer was doing something different and they just decided to, you know, just they like, oh, let, let's take this different game from a different franchise or whatever. I just put the end yeah. of the Gungeon IP on top of it. Is that how it feels? Yeah, it does. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, it has like the similar concepts of, although you said the same lore, but the game, it feels nothing like Enter the Dungeon. So yeah, I think a lot of companies do that and they know that their first game was such a success and they're not, they don't, they don't have, you know, they don't have that sitting in their pocket, right? They don't have a, a good sequel. So they said, well, let's just make this other game and call it the same thing. Put a number two on it. And then that's it. Hmm. You ever, you ever hear the game Contra Force? It was on the, e, of, uh, yeah. it was on the NES. Yeah. And that was a game that was a different series and they just basically put the Contra Force name on it because Contra was a popular name. Correct. And it sucked. I mean, Contra Force is a terrible game and it doesn't feel like Contra at all, but like they just use that name. It is, it is interesting to see. Sometimes you don't know these things. These days we seem to know more. We do. Than we used to. Like we didn't know Mario two was like a reskin. Yep. Um, but yeah, interesting. <laughs> Number two. We have questions. We do. Um, our community sent us a load of questions, and let's run through them. Um, first question is Max Power. Uh, was he our golfing champion? Well, second place. Second place. Okay. Max Power said, what video games pair well with alcohol? We used to play Mario Kart Drink and Drive. I love the name of that. <laughs> Each player has to open a beer at the green light and finish it before crossing the finish line. Winner gets to pick the loser's character for the next race. Now, That's do you have one. to finish the beer first? No, I, I think there's strategies involved. I, I think you just you. Oh, no, I guess you can't oh. cross the finish line. Oh, so so but basically you win the race. OK, I get it. You win. the. You just win the race. So you, you can you could be character. sipping while you play, I would say. 
Right. But I don't think the winner or loser has anything to do with the beer, but you just have to finish it before the race finishes. Yes. Um, I mean, the, the best play here is to chug it before you even start. Because then you'll get the best items. You'll be in last place the whole time. That's true. Yeah. Just get it out of the way. Don't move. Get some bullet bills. (laughs) Exactly. I honestly, I have never drank while I played a video game. Um, Most of the time when I've played games with friends, I was much, much younger. Um, When I was in college, uh, I didn't really play video games with friends. I played with people on our floor. But we usually played one like we were at our computer, basically like land parties, but we had a whole mm. Ethernet set up on the on the floor. So we were all in separate rooms. Um, but I take my games pretty seriously now, so I don't really drink while I play games now. But mm. I would got to say that's a pretty good one. The, the Mario Kart, one. the Mario Kart one. I would think um, drinking during like Smash Brothers would be kind of fun mm. that um, we've had parties where. Um, like one person just dominates in smash. So you try to have a smash party with 10 or 15 people, but the same person just keeps winning over and over again. So one idea might be that if you win at smash that you have to drink. So hopefully the idea is you are smashed and you (laughs) no longer win as effectively. It rewards, it rewards the winning for sure. Um, But uh, I think it would be a way to like, (laughs) rubber band smash so that the best player is maybe busy vomiting in a bathroom or something uh, i like it i would have done a good that one. but you yeah, the same i'm the same way i i never i've never put video games and like drinking games together mm-hmm. you know i i've i've had beers while playing video games but never like in a competitiveness like like you're combining the two i'm just more of you know but i mean i think WarioWare now has a lot of potential too uh, you could do a lot of fun stuff with, you know, you, you could play tons of little WarioWare things. Like anytime this character shows up, take a sip, you know, yeah. anytime you lose a life, take a sip. You should probably make it a, you know, WarioWare type bingo thing. It would be, it'd be fun. I, I would definitely drink when Penny comes on the screen. That's for sure. It's, yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, yeah, but it's a great question. Yeah. Uh, Bruce took a bat. Um, why is Nintendo still making the manual holder in their cartridge cases? never been used well this, i said that's this false. is a good question actually yeah I, they I, have I, been used they have been used uh i'll tell you right now i just bought ori and it did have the digital code for the music that was slipped into there uh-huh. you know what it stood for if you buy a hard copy i don't know why i do this i always put the receipt in it oh interesting and it stays in there I've always found it fun when I buy some old retro game and like you find the receipt in the box or something. Yeah. At the time, you think this is going to be a waste of time. But like 20 years from now, it'll be pretty fascinating when the store you went to doesn't exist. Yeah. I always throw the receipt from where I bought it the day, how much I paid for it. I throw it right in there. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, there are a lot of games that come with little tchotchkes. Um, there was a rule. I don't know if it's still true, but I know that this rule existed that Nintendo said... That if you sold a game physically in the store, then you had to sell it for the same price digitally. Because people always wondered, why do I pay $60 for Mario Odyssey in the store, but it's $60 digitally? I'm getting less. I still have the game, but I don't get the cart. I don't get the plastic. I don't get anything. They should sell it for cheaper. And so Nintendo has this policy that you have to um, sell it for the same price so that you know, you're not selling it for cheaper or whatever. 
Now it's weird because the eShops has sales all the time that don't sync up mm. with the game in the store. Um, but one way around it was that game co- developers would put in tchotchkes in the box. And that, that means they could sell it if they wanted to for more in the store um, or at least change the price digitally and sell it for cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. So like Tetris, uh, was it Puyo Puyo Tetris um, came with like a keychain, and Guacamelee has stuff and Stardew Valley has a manual. Um, so they would do that because then you weren't selling the equivalent product. It wasn't just the game. There was something else included there. So um, even though I wish more games had manuals, just like the old days, um, and mm. some do a lot of do, especially like limited run stuff and whatever. Um, yeah, they still put them in the case, I guess. So they still need it. Next question is solo something mm. broadcasting together for a while now and growing to know each other's taste. Mm. What would be a game you two would love to make together that you could find harmony playing against each other in? What do you think, John? Here, I've thought about this, and we don't have the same taste in games all the time. No, um, I'd say games. very. I'd say more often it's not than it is. And and it seems like our favorite games are the ones we disagree on the most. You're right. It's like um, the medium ones that we we do like. Yes. Right. Yes. So like Slay the Spire, uh, you know, Diablo three, yeah, like there's both games, fine games. Right. But yeah, they're not our favorite or worse. Exactly. Um, That's fair. But you know what would be fun? Like we both like roguelites. Yeah. Clearly a roguelite that's 20 to 30 minutes long. Wouldn't it be cool if you can do a competitive roguelike where you're racing the other person through the game? I like that. And since I'll even I'll even give you the benefit of the doubt here. I know you love these story driven dialogue decision making games, right? Mm. So what if it was like, yeah, you had to get to the end, you know, let's make it like a hangover theme, right? Since dad's after dark. What if like, you know, dude, where's my car? Something like that type theme. And maybe you you die. That's the whole point is you make the decision and you might get killed or you survive. And it's the whole <laughs> night until you, you make it back home. Mm-hmm. Right. You so know? a, a choose like basically like a choose your own adventure story based game, but you can die in half and slash. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm I'm into it. What if you could do a versus uh, story based game where you're making decisions that would affect the other player in the I game like that? Like you, you could. I do like that. So it's like, yeah, I, I really like it. So split screen. We're doing against each other. We're both racing to get home. Yes, you know, you took the subway, I took the taxi. But you're right. Maybe there's stuff that we do decision that causes the subway to break down, or the taxi did a flat tire. Right. I like that. Let's build it. Do you? Let's. Do you know Unity or like? No, we 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 can't really build a game. I guess this is where you're supposed to offer me and say you build the game, and then we split the profits. Yeah, that's right. You do the work. Uh, but I'll collect the money. <laughs> I would love to build a game. I honestly, I used to, I used to do programming and stuff just for fun on the side. And I can't remember yeah. what age that stopped happening, but I, I have this one app that I've been working on for a couple of years. It would have been perfect to like one of those great pandemic stories. Oh, while the pandemic was going on, John mm. finished his, like, you know, my, it's like a win, loser, draw style game. 
Yeah. I mean, my God, I have no motivation at the end of each day. Need, I just play video games and yeah, whatever. Well, we need a dad's after dark video game on your on the iPhone. Yeah. I'll draw some concept art for you. I'll I'll, I'll learn something. I'm not, I'm not a coding guy, but I'll do something. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. All right. Ebisel asks us in only a way Ebisel could ask. Correct. If your co-host was bitten by a snake, is there a location that you wouldn't suck the poison out of? Mm. Uh, no, no hesitation. Oh, really? I do whatever I gotta do for you, okay. bud. Yep, brothers for life. I love it. Um, my my answer is the opposite. Every location, <laughs> I would not help you. What if I just use the foot duster <laughs> or the whatever the crop preserver that I used last week to my balls? I mean, at least it'll be fresh. Yeah, like I'll die, but it won't be embarrassing. My feet stink. Yeah. Is that well, that's not the answer I was hoping for. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's nowhere on your body that I would suck the poison out of, Drew. You're you What gotta, if you I got stung get by a jellyfish? Would you piss on me? Oh, yes. Anywhere. Yeah. All right. I mean, if I had to pretend that you got stung by a jellyfish, I would just go ahead and So you want to just piss on me? Is that really no... how you get rid of jellyfish poison? I thought that's if, like a, a if you it, it relieves the the pain. Yeah. I mean, like if if I have to pee really badly, it relieves my pain. I mean, sure, but no, yeah, you got to pee on. Feel, Look it feels up. Like a, feels like a prank or something. Like, oh, you got stung by a jellyfish. Let me pee on you. No, this is really going to help you. Yeah. I feel like yep. it's a prank. It might be a myth. I'll have to crack it next week. <laughs> well, the questions don't get easier here. We got a question from Tim. Um, I don't know what Tim is going through at this portion in his life, but here you go. He's dirty. Video game consoles have accessories and enhancements. So with that in mind, if you could have an accessory or in other words, a cybernetic penis and your significant other wanted it. Oh, and she wanted it. Would you upgrade for their pleasure and maybe even yours? And to go with it, do you use accessories in the bedroom? I mean, no holds bar there, Tim. No holding back. A cybernetic penis. Should I doodle that? I don't think it exists, but let's pretend. I'm that... gonna doodle it. Okay, let's 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 make this the basis. Let's say they cut off your penis and they put on a bigger penis, a little little girthier, uh uh a uh, couple inches, couple inches longer. So Should, you know shouldn't have doodled that. Yeah, don't don't do that too late um so it's girthier and longer but you've cut off your natural penis um you get everything you get the penis you get the balls you get you get a little you get a little fur whatever you need to do so you can still use your manscape product and bring it back and it's it it heightened her pleasure would you do it so you're asking me if i would cut my own dick off somebody would cut it off for you i mean no is that really the question? I don't think you're interpreting that question correctly. I mean, I think you can interpret any way, but like, I don't know. If you I can mean, tell me how a cybernetic penis works, I'm happy but, to but answer the question your way. Where in that question does it talk about getting your dick cut off? Where doesn't it? I mean, I, I agree the cybernetic penis what is, is it gonna throwing... I, I don't does it just go it. around? It can you imagine putting a cybernetic penis thinking... on top of yours? Is it like a dildo? Like, is is yeah. he talking about like a dildo game? 
a dildo like, game like does it, yeah maybe it's like a dildo with a cord so like if the <laughs> wife uses it 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 it's she's playing a game it's attached and what does she do I, whatever the game tells you to you know, you're an orgasm and you just sit there like it's like it's a game know. she plays maybe like i could have another attachment you know the donkey Kong game for GameCube, <laughs> but it's like titties. So like I can, I can, I can. You gotta squeeze them, and then you're watching the stream. It's like squeeze, flick the nipple, squeeze, double squeeze. You know, and maybe I'm playing along. I've lost you completely on this. I think it makes perfect sense. All right, let's move on to the second part of the question. Yeah, do you use accessories <laughs> in the bedroom? I'll go first. I don't mind. Um, I, I'm more of a straight shooter. Uh, I, I feel like all the accessories that we need are on my body and uh, I'll leave it at that. I'm not a straight shooter. It kind of curves to the right a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I will, I will extend this question past. I don't think it would be fair for like my wife or any particular person I've been with thousands of women that I have been with that, in my life. Maybe, maybe tens millions. of thousands. Yeah. Yes. Maybe millions of women. But um so I'll say as a whole um yeah yeah <laughs> like we've we've had uh like vibrators uh played with those. Um like you've played with them yourself? No, not on but me. That's the way it sounded. Yeah, you know I feel like a vibrator can do the job a lot better than like I mean like we just talked about this, right? Like the natural penis doesn't vibrate. But a cybernetic penis does. So Cyber- did is that a, we gotta ask Tim? Did he make that word up? Of course he made it up. It's cybernetic. I don't. That should be the deep dark web somewhere. <laughs> Tim's a dirty man. I bet you it's a, a real word. I bet it's a real thing. But if you see, if you could like like so, what if a cybernetic penis was you just you had surgery and they put basically a vibration device? Oh my god! In your you penis, switch it on. And then you turn it on. I mean, women would be like all over you, right? It would be the dream come true. Maybe this is an incredible invention that I should really just trademark. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to go. But they're, they're, they're more effective than we are. Let's be honest. But the natural man penis is, you know, better than like any kind of like vibrant moisturizers. So we just need to mix them. Natural moisturization natural moisturization oh my lord i didn't quote that one if you're getting wet before sex something is really wrong you need to see a doctor um <laughs> it's, it's the other thing um yeah now I, let's ask it back to tim tim on nintendo dads this week i know you're listening in the car the detroit lions have just lost another heartbreaker probably uh, uh bring this up with um i want to know marty and jesse's answer justin um pre-show what accessories you're using in the bedroom do you think you think marty uses accessories in the bedroom i mean that's a weird question to ask me um i mean like hot fries would hot fries yeah, you know, I, I instantly went towards food i'm not gonna lie he always talks about the snack dads and yes stuff, like you know, I mean, I, Justin probably uses like maple syrup. <laughs> it's like a lube. <laughs> oh my god, my burn! <laughs> this this question went sideways. Thank you, Tim. We love questions like this. Great question, Tim. 
Thank you, everybody, for all your questions. And your cybernetic um, penises. Hey, send pictures to uh, Dad yes. the Dark at Twitter. Yes, post <laughs> the cybernetic penis in the channel. <laughs> And number one. Dame Cube. The Cube of Damon 20th anniversary. Is they ever say they don't call it that? The cube, they, they nobody should've. calls it the Cube that's, of Damon. That's, that's a missed opportunity right there. I mean, how did you not go as like as GameCube, the Cube of Damon? That that would have been like my slogan if I anyways, 20th anniversary just hit Japan earlier this week. Uh, still about a month or two away for the United States, but we're celebrating it today because why the hell not? Because the GameCube is probably the fondest video game memories I have ever. Um, just that was my age and it was a little bit older and it was just a lot of fun. So what we wanted to do a little celebration, John, you know, what was your overall thoughts? What do you think of the controller memories? And then we're going to end with the top five favorite GameCube game. So I can't wait. We've kept this secret from each other. So we have. Um, What's your overall thought? Let's look at the actual hardware itself. I mean, a, a giant purple box and a mini mm. disc. I mean, they were so mm. cute. They were so cool. A mini disc. I don't understand why. Um, <laughs> there was actually a game that makes my top five that had two discs. And you need, you know, halfway through yeah. the game is like, please enter a disc too. Right. Yeah. No, I think there's a few of them. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that came from the N64 because the N64 famously stuck to the cartridge format Mm -hmm. and that changed forever. The history of Nintendo. Um, They, they went away from their partnership with Sony, um, but instead of going with their own disc system, they stayed with the cartridge and so, you know, square or Enix or square Enix um took the final fantasy series off nintendo and brought it to playstation and i mean it still affects nintendo today the switch has been a huge success but look at the monster that the playstation is um mm. you know it's it's affected them ever since and so the gamecube kind of compromised that's what i've always thought of it as like okay we'll go to discs but the the problem back then was load times and we mm. forget it now because we play on emulators and that sort of thing but the load times for systems like the PlayStation, you know, you go play a fighting game, loading, 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 loading. Oh, now pick your fighter, loading, 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 loading. And some systems are worse than others. <laughs> 3DO. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the mini disc actually had really good load times. Um, sometimes it felt like when you played a GameCube that you weren't even playing on a disc. So I loved them. They were cute. Yeah. The system was cute. I loved that they went right from the beginning with that purple color. Indigo, mm. they call it, what do they call it, indigo? I feel like they call it sure. indigo. But it's like that purple color, and they didn't start off with like basic black and then do some crazy color. They actually did it in the reverse, right? Because we yeah. had purple, and then we had black and silver. I think those are the only... There was a spice-colored one. I think that's Japanese only. The orange one? Japanese only, yeah. Well, yeah, I have the orange controller. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if there was a U.S. orange... Hardware. No, I think that was just Japan, um, but we did get a controller. Um, but yeah, lots of great colors on that system. Um, I loved the, you know, it had the four ports just like the other one, but I just loved how at that time the other systems were trying to be, you know, Xbox and PlayStation were, and PlayStation uh, 2, were trying to be like media centers. And Nintendo was still mm-hmm. making a video game machine. And it had the greatest little startup sequence of all time. Little bull oh square going. 
everybody you always watch it you always it's watch Warrior it that, yeah when they, it they is. Play it. i know <laughs> um it's just it's a great system and it holds up really well today the it games does. still hold up well even if the system doesn't um it's a laser system they often die uh and even if the game discs don't and the last thing i'll say is my wife my now wife bought me my gamecube hmm. um back in i think it might have been i think it might have been 2001 but it might have been 2002 i wasn't super into gaming at the time um but she bought me a gamecube as a gift what did that and um, i still have that console even though it doesn't work anymore um but i still have it hmm. so I know you love the GameCube. What do you think of the GameCube? Well, I think for the me, for the GameCube, it was the first time you could also get away with that amazing WaveBird wireless controller. Yes. So it was that first time. It's like you didn't have to sit on the floor in front of the TV, or you could just kind of relax. You could play under a blanket if you wanted to. It was just like, it was that first time. It was like, wow, this is the future. I have like a non-wired controller. Yeah. Um, and then the controller itself, like you had those triggers. It was nothing like you ever really felt before mm-hmm. um, with, with, the, with those triggers. And uh, there's so many fun Nintendo published games, so many franchises that, that came into existence on the GameCube. Um, some of the, the best Mario and Zelda games of all time, really uh, some might say. So just, just a lot of memories for me, you know, like you said that, that early two thousands, I was, you know, a mid teenager, you know, in high school ish, late high school. And it was just a good time for me that, you had a lot of buddies over and you started staying up later playing games. Uh, and this was, this was it for me. So this was really the system. I mean, I played N64 and, and NES stuff that before that, but this was like the first one, like my own system as a teenager. And um, yeah, just a lot of good memories, a lot of good games. You know, what's great about the GameCube too, is not every Nintendo console ages well, and it kind of jumps, right? NES and SNES yeah. have aged well. N64 did not age well, mm-hmm. but GameCube aged incredibly well, it and did. the Wii did not. Like, yeah. I would actually today, I would much prefer, if I had a system set up in my room, I would much rather have a GameCube than a Wii. The GameCube set up in my living room right now. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I told you, I've been playing through Strikers and Baseball, and uh, it's going to be getting put away very soon, making room for the OLED, but Ooh. yeah, it's, um, there's so many of those good games. I agree. Great little system. Top five. Now, John, we have some rules here. So let's tell mm-hmm. the audience what the rules were. Yeah, we're going to exclude uh, Mario and Zelda games. Mm. Um, I think it can be very obvious. I think Wind Waker, I think, would be in everybody's top five. Um, um, I don't know if Mario Sunshine would be in everybody's Close. top Paper five. Paper Mario Thousand Year Door would be top three. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Mario Golf Toadstool is one of my favorite Mario Golfs. Uh, and then you have all the Mario parties and even Mario Strikers, which mm-hmm. is so there's a lot of. Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, what was it on Four Swords? That was the other Zelda game. Ooh, that's a good game. I have never I have never played through Four Swords. What? I've what? never played through it. I know. It's awesome. I've got a set of friends that I, I keep saying, like, can we all take a coordinated day off and yeah, play you need, through it? Don't you? You, you, you need um, you need the Game Boy Advance and the adapters, I believe. Yeah, I'd have to go. I don't think you can just have four people couch co-op play. Right, 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 right. Um, Adapters. Yeah, it's so weird. I know. I I really want to play through it, though. So I I'm Mm. Yes. (laughs) Very much. 
Um, all right. How do you want to do this? You want me to start off first? We'll start with number five and go up to one. Sure. I have an honorable mention, but we can mention it at the end. Okay. Let's do that. Number five. My number five is a very quirky number five, because this is a game I have never got anywhere near finishing it. I'd love to someday. Mm-hmm. Never anywhere. Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader. Now, game. there is a reason why it's on my list, even though I have barely gotten anywhere in the game. I don't even know if I've ever beaten the first level of this game because I think and I think a lot of people can agree with me. When I saw this game, I was blown away by it. It holds up even today. It holds up really well. And I don't like space shooters. I don't like playing in the expanse of space. I don't like the invisible walls, you know, that keep you from ascending too high. I don't like the feel of spaceship games. So I I very rarely play them. Star Fox is like the only one that I really play. But man, how incredible was this game when we saw it on the, um, I think it was uh, the game world. What do they call that? That when they showed off the GameCube for the first time and we saw this Mm -hmm. mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. And it always holds a special place in my heart. I still keep all the Star Wars games on my shelf. I have them up there. Um, But this particular one is the the most memorable one. Uh, Just amazing, amazing job that they did making this game. I agree with that. That's a good one. Uh, I've gone from my number five, uh, one I mentioned before in this show, but it's going to be James Bond 007 Nightfire. This is, again, on the GameCube. It had a lot of fantastic elements that a lot of the um, Bond games have with, you know, the the car levels and, you know, the the escape levels. And you have to use your special gadgets. They really cool gadgets. Uh, I talked about before they had an amazing, amazing deathmatch or or multiplayer experience where you could play against bots um, and up to eight people at a time. Just it was a it was a great game and Nightfire, if I remember correctly, was a video game specific storyline. Uh, there was never a James Bond movie called Nightfire. God, I hope I'm right on that. But uh, Nightfire, I believe, was only for video games, and I think it came out on other systems. But it was uh, it was not a movie. Yeah, I try to look it up, and I don't I don't see it pretty sure it was a video game game only which is different Mm. which is very unique uh ea games made it so interesting i've Um, never heard of it i'm looking at the cover i think i might have seen the cover before yeah it was a Um, popular one yeah i never played it all right um my number four is super monkey ball 2 um so many good modes in this game i don't know if i don't think i've ever gotten through the campaign on it but uh Everything was about monkey fight. I I still find monkey fight to be one of the greatest four player games. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier in the show. If you have some friends over and they've never played this before, it'll take them a couple minutes at most Mm -hmm. to get a feel for monkey fight and how to do it and what the what the add ons are. And that's the best part of the game is like, you know, increasing your punch size and speed and all that stuff. Um, absolutely love Super Monkey Ball too. Uh, a lot of the mini games are great. Um, really enjoy it. I kind of, I've got, I'm kind of talking myself into like getting a GameCube that works and playing through Super Monkey Ball 2's campaign. You don't have one? I have two. 
One of them, my wife got me, doesn't work. And then the other one, I have to literally turn on and leave on for about five minutes before it will read discs. Huh, um, so I really would like to get a good working GameCube. And the discs often stop working. So that's why I really haven't done it. Huh. Um, but yeah, Super Monkey Ball 2. I love that. The funny thing about Super Monkey Ball 2 and Monkey Fight is it led down. I won't get into the story. But that game led down one of the weirder, twisty um, threads of fate and destiny that ended up affecting my life in a negative way. Wow. All because of monkey fight. So it's almost like I should hate this game, but that's how good monkey fight is. Um, I really should just make monkey fight my number four, right? But uh, Super Monkey Ball 2. How about you? Um, so this game here is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, you all know how bit of a huge Lord of the Rings fan I am. I am going with The Hobbit, and it's made by Sierra. Uh, hmm. and it's it's just the 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 cutest rendition of Bilbo Baggins and his world. Bilbo. And this is a perfect adventure hack and slash puzzle solving game of The Hobbit, and it's for whatever reason the most well made adventure game it's just so good it's so fun uh and yeah i mean you, you just you follow the whole storyline it's actually more based on the books as well which is better and it's just a fantastic game i believe it came out on the game boy advance as well which i have a copy of as well hmm. as, and i believe it's also maybe i don't know if you're looking at it, it would have been on like uh the playstation it's probably a multi-platform right um release but it's uh yeah, it's a just a 3D. fantastic game yeah, a little 3D adventure. It's a 3D adventure, but there's something about it. It's just there's so many fun elements to it, and uh, it is a really smooth play. And again, you just play as Bilbo, but uh, you come across all the other people. It's just a fantastic game. They have like a sneaking element where you have to do a lot of sneaking with the rain and stuff like that as well, as well as fighting, you know, the orts and the spiders. And <laughs> um, you unlock a bunch of little weapons here and there. And it's just uh, it's good. It's a good game. I was watching some footage of it. And I'm reminded about how those earlier 3D systems could be dark yeah. in many ways because they they have to cover up some of the kind of graphical flaws or, you know, just cover up because they can't render. Um, that game has some like very dark areas. And, you know, um, Sierra, Sierra makes a quality game. Oh, I'm 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 all in on Sierra. The old school text adventures. I know. Um, all right. That was number four. Number three. Animal Crossing. Um, this is where I started in the series. I think almost everybody did. Um, I remember playing this one. This was the first game where my now wife and I played to death. I remember this was like, even when we were still dating or probably into maybe when we were married, um, just playing animal crossing every day. Um, we would have to take turns. You don't, you didn't play it at the same time. Um, so she would play some Animal Crossing. I'd be doing something else. Then I would I would jump in. I remember you set up all your houses in one place. So you would like come out of your house and then, you know, like my house would be next door to hers and you do your stuff. The thing that I always loved about this game and like today, you know, they don't do it anymore, but they would put the retro games in there so you could find the cartridges so you could play Donkey Kong. You know, you could really? play some of those like old games. Yeah. Oh, and wow. um, they literally just put ROMs in yeah. Animal Crossing and you can play them. Now, they don't do it anymore. And I remember the second Animal Crossing game I played didn't have it. And I was disappointed. 
But like very quickly, like we don't need that today. We play these games in a million other ways. Yeah. But back then, that was like when people were like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't have my NES to play Donkey Kong or something. Yeah, um, cool. it was great. It was it was like really fun. And I, if 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 I played that game for any other reason, it was because I was always trying to collect. They always gave you one early on and then you had to like, you know, spend a lot of time to find the others. Um, but that would be like my main reason to play. I was just trying to collect those, trying to collect all the Nintendo stuff in the game. Yep, that's cool. Um, and yes, yeah, to this day, Animal Crossing, the original is still the, the game I play. I put the most hours into. Um, so and it still holds up today. It doesn't hmm. look quite as good as, you know, New Horizons. Of um, course. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's still it's still a fun time. There's so something magical about the GameCube graphics. It's just mm-hmm. the, the smooth textures can work for really, like you said, they still hold up. Right. Um, all right, number three. This should be our first overlap, as Ooh. well as I hope this isn't considered cheating or a Mario game. Probably is. Uh, I'm going Luigi's Mansion. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first time you play, I mean, unfortunately, those types of games, the Luigi Mansion series, is they're all fantastic, but when you play them the first time, there's something just so much more magical about them right is that mystery the exploration the unknowing the the solving a puzzle for the first time but luigi's mansion uh the original i just remember it being fantastic you backtracked so many times it was just that the the luigi calling out mario and this was really the first time you really got to dive deep into the luigi character (laughs) it's um just so fun what a fantastic game obviously it was because it led to three I know it, it's really good. I never played it back in the day. Honestly, I was collecting and I still had never really played it when I was collecting GameCube games. Um, I would constantly get copies of it and sell them and then get copies and sell them because it, it went for a pretty, pretty decent clip. Mm. Um, and then like sometimes I would play five minutes of it and that would be it. And it wasn't until like just a couple of years ago where I actually sat down and played through the whole game uh, and really, I really appreciate it. It's still my favorite Luigi's Mansion game. Um, mm. it's, it's a really great game. It's so cute. And I, I can just imagine playing that on launch day, getting your GameCube, coming home and playing Luigi's mansion for a couple days. Oh yeah. Um, I, it's, it's, it's a great game. It's super fun. It really is. Mm, what do you got? Number two. So my number two is resident evil four. Um, Ooh, I've uh, only a good one. I have only played through and to completion, I think two resident evil games and that is resident evil four. And then resident evil revelations on the switch. Um, I still have the second revelations game. Um, I haven't played through uh, that one yet. Um, but yeah, resident evil four absolutely love. I would never have played it except for everyone just giving great reviews on it and talking about how great it is. Um, I've tried Resident Evil 1, didn't really like it. I think I tried Resident Evil 2 or 0, I can't remember. Didn't really like it. Um, but Resident Evil 4 really resonates with me. I really loved it. Um, I love the the version they put on the Wii. Um, but yeah, this game is just so good. And when you finish the game and they give you some like, you know, upgrades and just really motivate you to like play through the whole game again. I never did. Um, but so much fun. Um, this game terrified my wife to death when we played it on the Wii to the point where she just threw the Wii mode in my hands and like ran out of the room. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody loves Resident Evil four. It's kind of the consensus best Resident Evil game. Um, but yeah, it's my number this two on GameCube. Game. I, ha- I, I actually played, own 
all the Resident Evil games on GameCube. And but like I have no interest in playing them. I'd play Resident Evil four again before I played yeah, any other one. That's fair. Um, all right. So number two for me, I'm going back, going back to the Tolkien universe, John. Oh, but this time I'm going Lord of the Rings, the third age. Uh, this is a very unique game. This is not, you know, the return of the chain to the two towers. This is not the story of the movies. The third age is a unique story where you would don't play as the famous fellowship or the Lord of the Rings characters. Mm. You play as almost nobodies, um, as like a nobody ranger and a nobody dwarf. Um, and they interact within the main story of Lord of the Rings. Um, so that right there is unique, but you still visit all the major areas that the fellowship followed. You're trying to follow in their footprint, right? So you're trying to learn a little bit more about the story and, un- and unwinds. The cool part about this game is it is a very RPG it's, it's a JRPG. Turn, it is. It's it's turn based, right? Uh, the fighting mechanics are amazing, and it's just an absolute uh, thrill of a game. Now, this was the game I talked about before that has two discs because it's just a massive game, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know why, but this game really resonates with me. It was a ton of fun. I still own it, and uh, it's just it's it's a great game. If you like Lord of the Rings, you like JRPGs, this is this is the one. This is the perfect one. Uh, it's very cool. It's very junior, very junior RPG. Yeah, it is. It's it's no, very looks, typical. Yeah, yep. no, that's good. All right, our number ones. Number one. I don't know if we're gonna overlap on this. You and I have no, different we tasting will, games. We one hundred percent will not overlap. Did you do another Lord of the Rings game for number one? No, there are four okay. Lord of the Rings games though on the GameCube. Oh, but we're 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 done. Okay. My number one GameCube game, and I have bestowed the title on it. Because it's the one GameCube game that I wish they would port to the Switch. It's a GameCube game, again, that I never did quite finish. I played through most of it one time and then just got stuck. And I wasn't a dad who finishes back then. Mm. Um, And then I tried playing it again a few years ago. And it's just like, uh, I'm not in the mood. There's something else I want to do right now. Uh, one of the most famous, if not the most famous GameCube game of them all, Eternal Darkness. Mm. Um, and the thing that makes this game so special is the way they break the fourth wall. Um, they have the insanity meter. Um, and, you know, the more damage you're taking in the game, they start glitching out the game. They start doing all sorts of crazy shit. Um, they'll, they'll even show blue screens of death on the screen. It is incredible. And you could play this game and not even enjoy the gameplay. And I, and I do enjoy the gameplay. It's a bit of a mystery. It's a bit of an adventure. Um, but just seeing all the ways the game will fuck with you is just worth the price of admission. Um, it really is a game that I want to get through all the way. Like I said, I got really late into the game and got stuck somewhere and, you know, I didn't know about guides or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, this is a game I would love to see a remake of. I so just love to see a remake of. Don't hate me, John. I obviously know the hype of Eternal Darkness. I've heard mm-hmm. of it all. I've never played it. Oh, really? Right. So I mean, just try, I'm looking at some screenshots. Is it like a first person shooter slash mystery it's, adventure no. as well, or no? It's, is it? I would say it's more of an adventure slash horror. Have um, you it's ever third played person view. Alone in the Dark? I have, yes. Is it, is it reminds me a little bit of that type of game. So it, there's combat, but it's not the main focus. Yes, it, it will remind you a little bit of Lone in the Dark, but there's there's more action. 
Um, Alone in the Dark. I mean, I played the original Alone in the Dark and I hated the thing. So, I, oh my I, god, it's one of my favorite PC games ugh, of all time. Just gets stuck in the polygons, but it's so good. The anyways, the, you know, this game has bosses and fights and all sorts of stuff. So it's it's way more interesting. Um, but like, I mean, like it's it's almost like you want to take damage because the more damage you take, um, the more likely you'll see some really fun stuff happening. This is. This is definitely a game you should try to grab before okay. you get rid of I, your GameCube. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, I have the working GameCube. Next time I go into some type of retro store, I will look for this game. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it's cheap, though. If I think it's in this, like, the $70 range. It may. Oh, is it $70? I'll have to look and see. I've, I've owned this copy for a while, and I haven't, you know, I haven't been in the market. But Let me see. it's just so fun and interesting. And the way they do the insanity stuff. Oh, yeah. It's it is a little pricey. Ooh, 100 bucks. F that. I think I think if you get them in mint condition or sealed, maybe I don't know if they're all that expensive. I'll have to reach out to Dan at RetroLogic to keep an eye out for me. Yeah, I it definitely is 60, 70, 80, 90. Wow. I mean, I'll sell you my copy for like 150 if you want. So what a nice co-host you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Uh, glad I have it. I mean, some of these GameCube games get really high and games are like high across the board now, but. Um, yeah, it's just such a unique game. I've never seen another game like it. Um, the, the main gameplay is probably aged just a little bit. I remember the last time I played it, it felt like it, it aged a little bit. It didn't it didn't age terribly. Um, but you're more like I when I went into it, I was like, I want to see all this insanity effects. And it's like I was less focused on the gameplay itself, but it was more because I had some other things to do. But I would love to see this game just remade for a switch. I think it would sell really well. It was a really fun time. So that's my number hmm. one. That's a good one. I like I said, I, I, I know all the hype. I just, I, I need to play it. I mm-hmm. want to play it. And if I, I, I mean, I do love, you know, like the resident evil ish, uh, alone in the dark ish type stuff. So I think this would fit right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, John, this next one, um, Get your Google ready. This is something that I, I may, I think I've talked, I've talked about before. Uh, it, it is a lot of sentimental to me for a lot of reasons of just playing with my buddies late, late nights. I probably put in hundreds of hours into this game. Hmm. It's, uh, it's an arcade style game as well, to believe it or not. Uh, and it goes all the way back to the NES days, John. Uh, I know what it I'm, is. I know it. Well, can you guess it? Is it, is it? gauntlet it's gauntlet dark <laughs> legacy it is what a fantastic arcade style beat-em-up co-op game with so many unlockable so many characters to get the worlds the level designs are so much fun and amazing it's just an absolute fantastic game me and my friends still to today you know use one-liners from this game <laughs> Every time you picked up like an apple or something, it would say, hmm, food is good. <laughs> uh, me and my wife used to play this game together. It was just there's there's so many fun things with this game. It's just it's an absolute blast. And it's, <laughs> it's a lot of good balance of not just hatch and slash, but teamwork and collaboration and unlockables and using your specials at the right time and and potions. It's uh it's just fun. It's I mean, if anyone played any of the Gauntlet games, uh, there was one on the N64 that was good. Uh, after the GameCube one, they they never made another one for Nintendo. I waited and I waited and I waited, <laughs> and it never happened. I don't even know if they make them anymore. I think they made one or two more for the Yet Spots, and then I think the franchise itself kind of slowly died. I'd have to look it up, but 
Gauntlet Dark Legacy on the GameCube. One of my all time. It is my all time favorite memory and game to play. Do you still have it? I do. Nice. I have like a, I have like a shitty version of it. I mean, the game where it's fine, but I think it was like a game crazy purchase when they, you know. So it's like like uh, rental type bots. Hmm. But the game itself works fine. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I never played Dark Legacy. I've heard really good things about it. Yep. Um, it was good. Uh, there are a lot of boss battles, and you could farm the bosses to try to upgrade your experience characters. Every character could level up to 99, so we would try to mats out and unlock every character. Oh, wow. Uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Good time. Did you play on the same screen? Yes, that... you did. Okay, okay. I was like saying, you didn't have like four GameCube set up or something like that. No, it was all the same screen. And okay. you could play four people on the same screen. Okay, cool. That's Fine. it. GameCube, 20th anniversary. Cuban, the game. What did we say it was? GameCube. The Cube of Gaming. The Cube of Gaming. That's right. That's the slogan. There's only one cube. Um, we talked about honorable mentions. I have to throw on there. P- Pikmin oh. 1 and 2. Um, um, really enjoyed those. And I wasn't allowed on the list, but I would want to say that possibly, possibly my number one or number two, Super Mario Strikers. Yes. I mean, I just played through it all. Unlocked the robots, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> my honorable mention was Wario World. What a fantastic platforming game. I'm not sure I have played that one. What? It's it's literally... I think I have it. Like, um, it's a 3D platformer. Yeah, yeah it's a 3D I do platformer. have it. I've never played it. It's fun. I just remember it being fun. It might suck now, but back then it was fun. Yeah, it's got uh, and that then, same sort of dark shading thing going on, but uh correct. And then during the Mario Strikers phase, Disney tried to capitalize and no. they came out with a bunch of sports games. They called Disney Sports Soccer, no. which is literally a clone, a little bit different mechanic, um, not as arcadey, I'd say more on the sporty side. But uh we played a lot of that. I think they had Disney Sports football, basketball, and skateboarding as well. All oh individual God. games, but all with a lot of depth. It was, uh, I played those a lot as well. Yeah, it looks very colorful. I mean, Which I can see look- why it would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I Which got, one? It's very fast. Yeah, it looks good. Which game? The Disney Sports Soccer. Oh, it's fantastic. It really is. And it's the same thing. I think you selected, you know, Mickey or Goofy, and then you could select your your other players as well. Yeah. Yeah, it seems intense. I, I might well, have to see was- if I can grab that. It was very similar to Strikers. If you like Strikers, I'm telling you, I think Strikers was a little bit easier. This game was a little bit harder because they added a mechanic where you run with your left joystick and to shoot, you had to aim with the the little yellow stick. Oh, right. So you were trying to do two things with your thumbs and it took some learning. But once Mm -hmm. you figured it out. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, pick that one up if you ever see it. Learn something new every day. Hmm. That's it. Love Is it. that everything we got? That's all we got. That was a fun little list. It was. I like it. We're good. We love it. Well, why don't you tell us what we got going on the next few weeks, John? Uh, we got a big little couple weeks here. Uh, coming out September 21st. This is not a Nintendo title, but I like to put some of these bigger other console titles for the cheaters. Uh, Kina Bridge of Spirits game people have been looking forward to for like uh, quite a while now that is coming out 
today if you're listening to this podcast september Mm. 21st and then a little game called diablo 2 resurrected comes out september 23rd what is that friday thursday it's thursday night at 10 p.m i will be taking friday off um to play very nice i might partake with you i still have Mm. not decided still have not decided I don't know how much I'll get in, but I definitely plan on playing for a few hours. That's what she said. Ooh. <laughs> ah, Cyber. You get it? You get it? Got it? I got it. One. Okay. Uh, and then September 30th. I know, I just thought this was a cool little game. Astria Ascending. Um, it's like a little RPG tactical turn-based fighting game. Kind of weird, kind of like genre bending. Um, it looks pretty interesting. It's actually going to be on Game Pass as well. So if you have Game Pass, highly recommend checking this one out. And if you like it, um, you can get the the Switch version. Um, but yeah, looks looks very interesting. So um, I don't know why. I don't know why I have that one on this list and not, you know, many of the other games. There's always tons of games coming out, but I try to limit it to like the real games. Um, but this one looks very interesting. So check a trailer on that one. Um, kind of cool. And that's what we got. Uh, I'll tell you what. The next time we're signing off and telling about what's coming up, there's going to be some interesting stuff on there. Ooh. October 8th. Next uh, time. When, when are we recording that? That'll be on the fourth. Oh, yes. Oh, we'll be. Right. We'll be the fourth. And uh, we might. I, just a little tease. We might have uh, somebody on with us next time. That's right. Just a little tease, little tease, Ooh, little guest, little guest. That's all. That's all I got for you, though. That's all I got. What a wonderful episode. I think we went very long. Hope we didn't fade you listeners or tire you out. Um, Tim, you owe us an answer on your cybernetic penis. And besides that, everyone <laughs> have a wonderful evening. <laughs> Good night, dads. The Dads After Dark show is a part of the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts. You can subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are available, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Be sure to join us on the Nintendo Dads Discord in the Dads After Dark Show channel for some naughty After Dark talk. Follow us on Twitter at NDadsAfterDark. Ask us a question, and we may answer it on the show. That's all for tonight. Good night, Dads. Sweet dreams. Cybernetic penis.